You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Hello everybody and welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM, the wrestling rewind.com and nerdtonomedia.com, the True Betty channel and anywhere else podcasts can be found. My name is Aaron Connor. welcome to the show, the wrestling rewind, the only podcast by wrestling fans who do not hate wrestling. Uh, that, tonight might be a bit of a different story, uh, <laughs> the result of Martin, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you shouldn't drink and do podcasts, particularly when one of your co-hosts is sober. Um, as I was. So Martin doesn't remember how this happened. But basically last week he said, I, w- I, w- I wish they did a w- an ECW pay-per-view by people who ran ECW. And I was like, well, Martin, I have just a show for you. And it is the topic of this trainer. I, I had forgotten that little tidbit. And uh, whenever I, I woke up the next day and saw me my... A text from Dara that we were doing TNA show. I actually got kind of excited because I always think I haven't seen much TNA, uh, but I always when I think of TNA, you know, I think of the whole obviously the backstage nonsense and the politicking and the ridiculous booking and the stuff around Dixie Carter and all that. But also great raw talent, great in ring action. So I was genuinely looking forward to it, and then I turned the pay per view on and. Tommy Dreamer and Rhino are looking at me and I'm just very confused. So he walked himself into it and I will always oblige. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, Martin, even drunk Martin, I will show yeah, you. You can be assured uh, that if you are in the verge of doing something stupid, Dara will absolutely let you. I will, ab- I will not stop you. <laughs> I will not. I will be like, okay, that is totally fair. And I've also been looking for excuses to talk about Hardcore Justice 2010 for a very long time. Uh, it is uh, there, so a couple of years ago there was a pay per view, there was a post pay per view show on a place where I used to work, Rest of You. Shout out to Rest of You, and it was on their network, and they did a, a post show of this, and it's the funniest thing I've ever heard ever. And for anyone who did listen, who followed this over, um, you know what I'm talking about. So I was like, right, you know, I have to watch this at some point. And when Martin brought it up, I'm like, okay, I actually have just the thing. Just the thing for this for, for this wish, so I can't fulfill it. But that's what we're going to cover this week. It's going to be Hardcore Justice 2010. Uh, my name is Daryl Connor, of course, and I'm joined. You've already heard him. You know him. You love him. One and oh, Mr. Martin Hardy. How are things, Martin? Bush, grand Daryl. Like, um, battering away at the, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. And it's, it's kind of hard to remember a time in life before Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> But before we get into Hardcore Justice, your opponent who keeps dodging you, 
out punker has made news yet again. And I want I want to go back a couple of weeks. <laughs> I want to go back a couple of weeks where you laid out this wonderful angle. It's a brilliant angle, Martin. You know, would have made money for everybody. Everyone had a good time. Money fights galore. And then I said, but punk. But punk. <laughs> and you were like, <laughs> you're right, Dara. Oh, yeah. There's no, like, <laughs> me and you could sit here and we can have the best logical conversation in the world with perfect, impenetrable rationality, but punk. Alas, AEW have announced the new show. June, Actually, it looks, looks class. June 17th, Collision. It looks just like Nitro to even stole the, the font. It's, like, I very, love the uh, yeah. I know, I, I know. But it, it's, you know, if I was WDB, I'd be like, cease and assist. This is just Nitro. <laughs> this is our internet, uh, IP. Anyway, that I'll go, that, that's fine. Give us Cody Rhodes back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that aside, news broke. Um, so this comes from the Bleacher Report. Uh, by way of Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select. Um, CM Punk was again the most buzzed professor wrestler, buzzed about professor wrestler on the internet on Wednesday when AEW announced uh, on June 17 the debut of Collision. Uh, conspic- conspicuous by his absence from marketing material was the best in the world, who's expected to be the centerpiece of the Saturday Night brand. Um, it was reported that while, it's, while it hasn't been confirmed, and anything got to do with Punk's absence from Collision was announcement or not is AEW's stance on a on a steal. There is a quote. So quote: Fight Phil was told that there was a meeting this week between AEW and Punk, and it was extended uh, to Punk that a steal would have the ability to work with the company and directly with Punk. However, it was made clear that a steal would not be able to be at AEW Television. We haven't learned specifically how Punk has reacted to this outside of him not being in agreement with it. So, this, to, the, hold on though, the plot actually thickens. Okay. It turns out that Ace Steel is employed by AEW and has been for the past few months, but the condition is that he is a, a sort of an off-site employee. He doesn't go to shows or anything. Mm. Um. And the confusion, so he is already working with AEW, but the confusion came from whenever they started with Collision, Punk and Steel were under the impression that this would be him coming back, whereas everyone else was under the impression that, no, no, you're you're fine where you are. <laughs> um, so the, the, the most recent report I heard was that... Um, there's a couple of reasons why Punk was wasn't in the promotional stuff. Uh, apparently, he wants his return to be more like the. Do you know the first dance? Yeah. You know when he, but nobody ever said Punk was going to be there. Yeah. It was just heavily alluded to, and it it was actually a brilliant marketing thing because it it built up like a real fervor when they wouldn't confirm it. Yeah. So. Apparently that played more into why he wasn't on the collision um promotional material. But the like there's no question this Ace Steel stuff has definitely thrown a a kind of a spanner into the works. My Do you, do you think do you think Ace Steel has like something on punk? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You mean like a... <laughs> who was it who was it last week we said has pictures of uh, Vincent Bed with Sean? Oh God! Who, who was it? 
Oh, I can't remember offhand, but it was somebody. Can't remember. Um, yeah, definitely something. <laughs> I forgot about that. Punk does not strike me as the kind of guy who likes anyone except his wife and his dog. You yeah. Know, like, uh, so there's obviously something there. But uh, do you know what I can't wait for? Well, I can't wait for Punk to be back in AEW, back wrestling, back doing angles, back doing matches, so we can stop goddamn talking about him. This man gets talked about more when he is not wrestling. It drives me mad. Do you think maybe he, that's the whole point of it? But he's not, like, he's not, like, you don't come back to wrestling at that age when your money's made unless you actually love it, you know? Yeah, but he probably loves it for, like, a little while, and he's like, ah. Oh. He, he does strike me as being <laughs> incredibly you know, oh. fickle. He's like, oh, this again. Oh, this was grand for, like, five minutes. You know, what they should do is, right, if I was punk, well, one, I mean, AJ Lee's his wife. Come on, like, no, no. Why Dara. would you? Why would you even bother? Like, would the you bother first, do anything else? The first thing you do if you are punk is fight me. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you have to get that out of the way, obviously. But I mean, look, if I was punk, uh, I'd be like, I wouldn't do anything else because, you know, AJ Lee's his wife, and how how could you? Um, but that aside, um. Happy at home. Yeah, happy at home. You know, something wrong with that. I think Although, that's... I'll be honest with you. I don't but, but... know if I could uh, perform to my full ability with Larry looking at me. <laughs> but it's not, he's, he's not a pretty dog. No, be... he's, a, he's a very ugly dog. <laughs> would be um, off But my point would be, um, you know, if I were punk in this situation, I'll, I'll joke aside. Um, uh, look, get your, just be upfront with a contract like the Undertaker had, or like Goldberg had, or, you know, like a le- AEW's version of a Legends contract, where it's like, right, you're only going to work these dates. Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar deal. You're going to do these dates. That's it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I the think- thing about it is, on, uh, sorry, on, on the one hand, it's like, I think that's what he wants, but doesn't want to say that that's what he wants. He wants to say, oh, I'm one, I'm one of the boys or whatever. Come on. I was literally. That is literally Stop. what I was going to say. He Stop. wants that contract, but he, he doesn't does. want to say he wants that contract. That's Again, cool. folks, we don't plan this out at no, all. <laughs> barely. Here, I was watching the election stuff all day. I barely even remember to watch the pay-per-view. So. We were talking nonsense for about... We were talking about martial arts for like half an hour before we recorded, guys. We were indeed... You know, um, no, 100%. I think he wants the big prima donna contract. Yeah, he, he just, just doesn't want to say want it. to be seen. As the prima donna, so um, so here, here's here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna pull up a chair, turn it turn it backwards around, right? Sit down and go, Tony. This is for you, right? Here's what you do. This is free. You can have this one. You don't need to pay me. Go to punk. Listen, throw, you're gonna, you're Tony throws an Xbox euro. Fair enough, an Xbox euro. <laughs> you're gonna work these dates. It's gonna be super limited. It's gonna be you know based it's basically around what Brock Lesnar works. You know, no television. Maybe or maybe one big television match and the pay-per-views. And that's it. Six to twelve dates a year. There you go. You might have one run. And then that's it. I mean, that's what he wants. That is genuinely what the man wants. He does not you want to show up every week. He'd actually he'd actually be better off doing that. Not not just for himself, but I'm actually heartbroken for Tony Khan. Because Tony Khan loves wrestling. 
Like he like he genuinely loves it. And whatever you think of AEW, it's it's refreshing to have a booker of a major promotion who doesn't actively hate the sport. You see, so it breaks my heart. See, when this, Tony Khan, no, but it breaks my heart when Tony Khan is out there and he's doing like he's really trying his best to put on these shows and he's trying to give like he gives people really good contracts, he doesn't release people, he gives people time off if they're hurt. And these wrestlers who are so jaded and so used to an industry that is unfair because of the way McMahon and Nash and Hogan and all have built it, and he's Khan is the one who's getting screwed over. You see, so n- skipping ahead a little bit, uh, at the end of the pay-per-view with are on a watch, there's a lady called Dixie Carter. And she also did very much the same thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, every time someone says that, I just get like, you, you want, this show actually is why I'm so hesitant with anyone like that. <laughs> it's like when you end up being a mark too much, and you can't understand that you're being worked. That's the problem. And with, with Tony Khan, yeah, I feel sorry for him because he probably is being worked, definitely by Punk. But, but he needs, the, you know. The thing was, he wanted to end the culture of people working people, wrestlers working bookers, bookers working wrestlers. He so wanted to he end. Go, yeah, and he he goes for the one person who is like king of that. Listen, we we have both made perfectly salient points. But punk. But punk. But <laughs> punk. That's exactly it. It's like, you know, eventually ev- he's the he is the most like fascinating person in not in wrestling history, but I mean, definitely up there. Not for his in-ring work. His in-ring work it's it's pretty good. Some of it's pretty terrible. It you know, it's more for the fact that it's like, well, he can just like he is so captivating and stuff like that. But you're like, Yeah, yeah. You're the most wrestler wrestler ever, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, even when you're not working, you're still working. And I think it just takes, you know, a case where if Tony Khan is sitting there and he's like, right, how do we get him back? You give him what he actually wants. And I don't even think Punk really knows that's what he wants because he probably has worked himself to believe in I'm one of the boys and I'm not like, I'm not like The Rock. I'm not like... No, you are. <laughs> this is exactly what you want, you know? Um, I, and I think that would be probably the way around this. And you know what's going to happen eventually, Martin? Mark my words. That exact thing will happen. I know this show was supposed to be built around Punk, and that's what the reports were saying, that Collision is supposed to be Punk's show. There's no way that's happening. There's no well, way that's here's the thing. Even if, uh, even if Punk does decide to pick up his ball and go home, I'm still... Super hyped for Collision because yeah, AEW's cool. roster is massive, and Rampage has not worked out. No, so they no. need another show that's live, that's prime time, that's mm. two hours. And I like, honest God, obviously you'd rather Punk there. He's he's a big name and he'll draw A's. But if he's not, they more than have the talent to easily run two excellent pro wrestling shows what i will say is once they're completely different and what i mean by that is what like with, with smackdown and raw with the brand split they were different in the bad way as we've kind of covered true cyber <laughs> sunday right where <laughs> and you can see the cracks you you really can and what i mean is aw has the advantage of one 
excuse me, coming up, coming after that, but also being like, right, we actually have a really good roster here. Let's let's make a good show that feels different without feeling weak, without feeling like there's a B show. Collision cannot feel like a B show. It has to be up yeah. there. Like you have to want to watch. Um, what's the main show? Dynamite. Yeah, Dynamite. You have to want oh, to watch yeah. Dynamite, and you have to want to watch Collision at the same level for different reasons, not just oh, I watch one, don't pick like you know. That's kind of how they have to go at it. They have to be their own competition, which WDB were never actually able to do because Vince inherently didn't like that. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, for you, like it's it's weird to think of it now because now technically SmackDown is the bigger show. Yeah. But for years, SmackDown was just a raw highlights show. Absolutely. And Smack well, here's the thing, SmackDown for me, SmackDown was always the show where you'd watch for wrestling. You know, it would always be the better show. But Raw's the one that everybody would go to because it was Raw. And yeah. it's funny because Raw was supposed to be Nitro, you know, initially. <laughs> they were supposed to get rid of Raw and it'd just be SmackDown and Nitro, which I mean actually would have been fine. And that's what Collision really needs to be. It needs to be that different side of AEW. Maybe it's, you know, better produced, maybe the story's a bit deeper, maybe it's a bit more hardcore, maybe it's a bit more flippy-dippy, maybe it's a bit more indirific. doesn't really matter. What, Once it's something it, different. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, and I know this is going to sound superficial, the first thing they need is a completely different set. Yes. It can't, it yes. can't, be, yes. can't be dynamite with a different ring apron. I agree. And that's one of the things that's... that doomed Rampage. Man, I don't think that's superficial. I think that's very important. I mean, look... AEW benefits from being the the pressure release valve for a lot of things that people want a uh, WWE to be, and you know, I mean, Tony Khan has been able to tap into that and been able to you know make a million dollar business out of it. But this is one of the things. It's like people like real sets. Yeah, it's probably more expensive. Yeah, it's probably a pain in the ass to carry around. But that's what people want. Give yep. the people what they want, Tony. And yeah, give Punk his contract. <laughs> you know that will fix it. Um, I did it well. Yeah, I did it well. Tony, give Martin all access passes. Bye. To and 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 Thank a review you. copy of Fight Forever. It looks like a PS2 game, though. Dude. It I looks don't so bad. Care so I'm bad. So hyped for it because it reminds me of No Mercy, the best wrestling no, game ever. It, and it I'm, looks so bad, man. But I don't see. I'm I'm not into like hyper realistic graphics. I don't want a wrestling simulator. Like I want a wrestling game. And for me, No Mercy was the perfect mix of sim and arcade. And all I have wanted for what age am I now? All I've wanted for twenty years is an updated No Mercy. And if that is what this is, I am on board. I, I need to, like, stop you there for a second. The best wrestling game ever produced is Wrestling Empire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best one, man. How are you getting on with it? I love it. I mean, you can hit somebody with an N64. People can <laughs> die randomly. You can kill someone in the ring. You know, you can do everything. It's the I best wrestling an ever. N- I imagine an N64 would hurt. No, they're very light. I don't they're know. I I have one. PlayStation would fall apart. No, no, no. PlayStation. No, no. I'll tell you what, what would hurt, though. The OG Xbox. Oh, my God. Kill someone. Actually, <laughs> actually kill someone with that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah. would. Um, no, I mean, look. Wrestling Empire 
literally is where it's at, folks. I mean, you can have exploding barbed wire death matches, you can have cage matches, um, the entire ring can be filled. It's, look, we've well, hold on. already. You you love Wrestling Empire. Do. Wrestling Empire doesn't have AAA next-gen graphics. There's a difference, though. I know. No, there's a difference, though. There's a difference, though. It, it gives me full customization. And the thing about it is, it's not really... And I, I look, the, it's on the Switch, man. The poor thing is struggling to run it as it is. You push it anymore, it's going to go on fire. So the, the fact that the Switch can run Tears of the Kingdom baffles me. <laughs> like, it's astounding. You know, I, more wrestling games need to have the ability to change the ropes with barbed wire. That's well, just there you the go. That's, that's, on the, that's on Fight Forever. See, I wouldn't bring attention to that. Why? <laughs> because of how bad it was on TV. They should be like, oh, no. no, but this is the thing. The, the barbed wire exploding match was phenomenal. It was fantastic until the last three seconds. Everybody remembers the end, though. And everybody, yeah. No, no, I 100% agree with you. you know. Everybody remembers the three seconds. But yeah. that match up until those three seconds was phenomenal. Frankly, do you know what I'd do if I was Tony? I'd oh. go back and I'd edit it. <laughs> I'd bring in someone from Hollywood to make the ring go... You know, you know what I'd do if I was Tony? I'd do the match again, properly. Yeah. Uh, just, just to kind of wipe wipe that memory away and like redeem himself but like right let's get some like indie-rific lads who just like to blade each other you know um and then there you go just just have that match because that's what tna did you know and, you know if you're gonna have an exploding ring match with a like a proper exploding ring the only place you could do it would be in a big outdoor arena yeah an outdoor arena like wembley <laughs> Or Japan. Yeah, but Wembley's coming up, and that's the one I'm going to. So. Yeah, but they're not going to do that. I mean, you know, they'd be arrested for murder. Or attempted murder. <laughs> but speaking of TNA, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're going to hop in our time machine, Martin. Bang. And we're going to go not too far away, not too far in the past. Only, what, 13 years ago? 13 Heady years ago. Days of, of 2010. Exactly. Um, to Orlando, Florida. So nice sunny Orlando, Florida. To the impact zone where I had the pleasure of actually being once. Actually, I was there once, but I'm on like nine episodes of Impact, and my dad is randomly in one episode of Impact like two years later. Um, fun fact. Because when when the crowds would, would be less, they would just reuse footage. Um, so there you go, there's some there's some <laughs> trivia <laughs> for you. Uh, I, I actually really like the impact zone. The impact zone is like the coolest place in the world it really was we're not West. just we're not just going to the impact zone we're going to the extreme impact zone oh god yeah so we're going to the extreme impact zone and what makes it extreme it has this horrible hue of blue through the entire show what was that about i don't know but it nearly gave me astigmatism because <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was horrific <laughs> it was, I was horrific so, i was just so confident and to be honest my eyes got used to it like fairly quickly so i wasn't like annoyed or anything by it i was just baffled yeah i just i, I just i want to know the thought process where they're like all right guys the arena's set up ring's good lighting's good production's good everything's ready right all we need see the two main spotlights lighting up the ring get a blue filter over them and we're good to go i just, <laughs> i don't understand the thought process 
uh, uh, yeah, it's it's terrible, and it's there through the entire show except for the last last couple of seconds. Uh, at the entranceway, there's some barbed wire for some reason, and uh, it looks like they've robbed an industrial center. Now, okay, so before we get into it, because you know the, the, we are going to get into it, uh, August eighth, two thousand and ten. It, the tagline is The Last Stand. Um, and obviously, the whole point of this was so Tommy Dreamer could say goodbye to ECW, even though they had said goodbye to ECW a couple of years, what, four years ago at this point? One night, five years ago, one night stand? Um, but, you know. Now, remember, this is an ECW tribute show that they're not allowed to refer to ECW as ECW because <laughs> WWE owns ECW. And they can't refer to anything... No. That's in any, like, even the names of guys whose names are trademarked by EC, well, WWE at this stage, but basically anything that refers to ECW in any way is yeah. completely off limits. So it's yeah. actually one of the great, um, or one of the few things you can really enjoy in the show, be a great drinking game, is take a shot every time someone awkwardly words their way around. <laughs> ECW and you know Taz is the worst for because he will just like say their actual <laughs> ECW name or will say yeah. ECW and you're like oh my god so it's fun. another drink a game is every time someone comes out with a weird name that does that is their real name like uh, PJ Palaco is oh, just incredible <laughs> I tell you what my, my favorite of all of them so fun. <laughs> my favorite of all of them was when Balls Mahoney came oh, out yeah. as Balls Cahoney. Oh, yeah. Or Cahones. <laughs> Cahoney. Sorry, that's what it was. Oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> like, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, but, but come here. Before we get into the show, right? Here's what really annoyed me about this. So, like I said, I thought I was getting to watch TNA show. I didn't realize I was going to be watching ECW tribute show. And this is your fault. You this asked is for my this. fault. You I, I 100% accept, asked for this. I accept you responsibility. Genu- you genuinely said... I wish ECW did an ECW show, and I'm like, oh, and, and I have I have paid my penance. I assure you. <laughs> and here's, for any, and you know, for, and here's the thing, folks: this show is free on YouTube on Impact's channel. You don't have to pay for this because oh yeah, go. I mean, go, go watch, watch it. it. So anything want. we're going to say, folks, if you think, oh, they're being a bit harsh on this, or not? And I was here, reading through the comments and. I don't understand the comments that people thought this was great. It's like, what, what were you watching? I mean, there's going to be a big element of nostalgia to any of this stuff. But here's here's the thing that really annoyed me. So this was actually only turned into an ECW tribute show the week before yes. the paper. So the yes. paper you is actually called Hard Justice. It was always called yes. Hard Justice, right? Yes. Less than a week. It was four days before Hard Justice was due to come out. It was changed to Hardcore Justice and it was turned into an ECW tribute show. What we would have gotten instead is Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles in a retirement match. Yep. The Motor City Machine Guns versus Beer Money in a two out of three falls tag team match. Yep. And Rob Van Dam versus Abyss in a world heavyweight ladder match. Like, that sounds like a pay-per-view I want to watch. So... That is actually called the whole effing show, and it's the next episode of Impact. So they actually did do the show. 
Next yeah, but on impact. an episode like like so, I'm looking at that here, and ugh, I mean, like four minute match, three minute match, four minute match, six minute match. Like it's it's not a pay per view. Like a pay per view would have had time to really let some of this stuff breathe. Well, look, man, you know we had to have the quality that was too cool, Scorpio and CW Anderson, and but, and, and the classic <laughs> appearance, the classic appearance of the gangsters. Yeah, and, I mean, you couldn't in a get match, New Jack. That wasn't a match. New Jack, you know, he was in oh. so on demand at this point that you know they had to book him. What What would your life be without Stevie Richards, accompanied by the fake Blue World Order fighting PJ Palacco? How dare you! They were called <laughs> BW Two Point BW Two Point <laughs> and he wasn't the Blue Meanie. Blue Tilly. Blue Tilly. <laughs> But like, if you're gonna go that oh silly, why not? Why not go to like? Why not call him the Blue Beanie? You know. Why do this at all? I mean, oh, uh, oh, we're well beyond that. Like, <laughs> why do this at all? Goes like, for the whole show. Like, was actually, Lemur that removed from reality that he's like, I need to do this. It's like you had no, one night stand. You had one no, night stand, you, and it was you know what? actually great. One night stand was genuinely phenomenal, right? But I, I, I kind of understand Dreamer's motivations for wanting oh, to sorry. do this. Hold that thought. So I learned something this week about Tommy Dreamer. Do you want to hear it? Go for it. So, folks, this is true. This actually happened. This is a real thing. This is not so anyone on the radio as well. This is not a, not a bit. It's not comedy. This is actually a thing that happened. So Tommy Dreamer in 2001 was apparently going to buy a ticket for WrestleMania 17 and kill Paul Heyman, and then unalive himself. <laughs> no, Jesus. seriously. Seriously. He said he was in a very dark place, and he was so annoyed that he turned down deals to um, to go to WCW. Um, and his, and then when Paul Heyman showed up in WWE, he's like, oh my God, he's taking money from WWE the whole time. So his plan was to buy a ticket, walk over, and then do his pose, and unalive himself. Until Jim Ross rang him, and said, listen, it will all work out. And that's why it didn't happen. That'd that's be true. Like you can the, look uh... that up, folks. I learned that today. I haven't been able to look at Tommy Dreamer since. I'm like, oh my God, that's very dark, Tommy. That's Holy mental. That, that'd be a bit like um, like the Barboy or Death match. You know, great match with a, with a terrible end. And everybody would be like, oh my God, WrestleMania X7, best pay-per-view ever. Yeah, but isn't that where... <laughs> Tommy Dreamer shot himself in front of 50,000 people. <laughs> but also, it would be like, everyone would think it was an angle. Yeah. And they would. And then you're yeah, like, oh, it's actually, not an angle. Yeah. You know? Tommy Dreamer, Attitude Era, Tommy Dreamer showing up to kill uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah, you would 100% <laughs> think that's an angle. And you wouldn't be able to convince other people. If it did happen, people would be like, oh, that was an angle, though. It's like, no, no. People would be at people would be at Heyman's funeral going, to work. It's a work. <laughs> it's a work. Uh, oh, um, sorry, go on. I, P- I P- P- PW Insider had a look in the coffin. There's nothing in there. It's just full of ham. So to work. <laughs> what, what's Meltzer saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what wrestling fans are like. That's Meltzer. Me- Meltzer gave the funeral three stars, but it would have been four and a half if, if it was, was in Vatican Japan. or if it was in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I inter- I interrupted your your train of thought on Tommy Dreamer. Go on. Um. So yeah. So I was just saying, I 
I actually get why Dreamer wanted to do this because um, I don't. Please, no, please no, tell me why. Please tell me why. I need one to night know. stand was excellent, right? Absolutely, and it would have been a, a genuinely uh, perfect goodbye to ECW, but it wasn't the goodbye because what came after one night stand was WWECW, and that absolutely tarnished the legacy. So I can see why. While that was going on, he wanted right. he wanted something different. Okay, so I would have done something better, but <laughs> I can understand the motivation. Right. How did this make the legacy better? It, like I said, I would say. it didn't. But I can I can understand you know what, the motivation. You know what this is like, right? This is like you have a lovely car, and it gets a ding, right? And you're like, oh man, do like a father Ted trying to. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you get a little hammer to dig it out, and you just destroy the whole car. And it's like that's what this was. This was them <laughs> doing the father Ted thing. And if anyone doesn't know, look that up. They basically get a car and you try to ding it out for a raffle, and they end up destroying the whole car. And that's kind of what this was. It's like fair enough, right? One night stand, the first one was fantastic, genuinely the more authentic ECW than this ever was. The, the year after, it was okay. A bit too WWE, but still was great. And then WWE CW had mixed results. Some was good, it most didn't of it was bad. Have mixed, it had a it, zombie. That was the end of it. it. <laughs> was, night one, day one, night one, minute one of WWE CW had a literal zombie walking out. That's yeah, the end of it. Some of it was good, though. Some of it was good, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you understand how high my tolerance for BS is, man. It's quite <laughs> high. It's quite high. Uh, I also did find that apparently 13 years ago, I actually did the preview for this on, on a on a radio show I was on at the time. So if oh, I find cool. that, I'll dig it out. I might play it. Uh, I'll you know at some point during the show if the quality's good. I haven't actually listened to it yet, but apparently I did pre-review this. So it'd be interesting to, to to see if I was in favor of this or not. I don't think I probably was. I think I was hesitant, but uh, so I might have. I mean, it's like, like say, it, it, it probably depends how much affection you have for the original ECW. Like if if your whole thing is you just you want to see the gangsters, you want to see the Dudleys, you want to see Raven and Dreamer. Well we didn't get to see Dudleys. We got to see Team 3D. We got to see Team 3D, yeah. <laughs> this um, is like this is like if you ordered ECW off Wish, but it actually is ECW. <laughs> That's the sad part. It's not this like, is like <laughs> This is like if you ordered ECW off Wish, but then also said, oh, and by the way, Wish, can you, can you mind slapping a blue filter over the top of this for no reason? <laughs> so, like, okay, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but do you want to guess what the attendance was? Let me see. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm only going by having a look at the crowd. It actually did look like a decent crowd. Um... And a packed out ECW show was about fifteen hundred people. Yes, that's so, exactly what it was. Yeah, we go fifteen hundred. That's exactly what it was. And you oh, know, was it actually? Yeah, yeah, spot on. Yeah, that's exactly. What oh it was. my god! So, do you know how they actually get people in? How they used to get people into the Impact Zone? How it actually works, or how it worked? Uh, is it like walking out in the street and going, "Do you want to go to a wrestling show?" <laughs> so what happens? Yeah, kind of. So what happens is, right, it's right beside Universal Studios, right? 
Actually, oh. it's beside it's beside the old Nickelodeon studios um, in Universal. So um, it's up in City Walk, and you go, you know, if anyone's been there. Um, so they so, didn't even go to Philadelphia for the. No, for they, the they did it. They did it in like Universal Studios, literally oh, beside Nickelodeon. So uh, when I went there, me and my dad showed up, and we just waited outside. And there were a couple of people who always go. There's one lad who went to everything, and he was a bit, you know. He went to all the shows, so take that, take from that what you will. <laughs> he was very into it, and um, we went to it. And, you know, they do block tapings, and the block tapings would be like six hours. Um, and uh, pay per views, they would do them, they do them live, so it would be kind of a little bit different, but it'd be the same kind of idea. So what they do is either you'd line up. None of this was tickets, so nobody paid in ever to to the impact zone. So none of this would none of it would be ticketed. You'd show up, you'd get your spot, and that'd be it. Yeah. Or so if they couldn't fill it, they'd go into the theme park, and they'd hang outside and and bring bus loads of people from the theme park who may or may not been wrestling. Because the people who wait outside were actual wrestling fans. <laughs> the people who they pulled from, you know, Men in Black, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> I kind of love that. I'm back to the future. <laughs> I kind of love that. It's like, hey, hey, do, do you want to go see a wrestling show? Oh, oh, I used to watch wrestling. You mean like like Hulk Hogan? Uh, yeah, yeah, just like that. <laughs> and that's why the crowd is so weird because there are some proper ECW fans. Like, okay, one night stand, the tickets were like $1,500, $1, right? So actual real wrestling fans really showed up to really be invested. Some of these fans were not that. They were just random people. And that's why halfway through one of the shows or one of the matches, they have a lightsaber match. Yeah. How uh, like what what's how are we on your your uh, BS tolerance <laughs> meter uh, no, at this stage? Oh, I mean, but no, I just need to give context to why the crowd is so weird because there is probably a large percentage of those people who were just on Back to the Future or, oh, yeah. or, or something else and they were just whisked away on a bus and ended up there. That is a, that is a very real possibility <laughs> that that's what happened because not everyone there was a wrestling fan and a lot of them had no idea what was going on. It's a, it reminds me a wee bit. So WCW used to tape shows at Universal Studios. No, they used to tape at MGM Studios. Oh, MGM, sorry. Sorry, MGM yeah. Studios, right? And yeah, there would get a lot of people in there who weren't wrestling fans. And the most of them were just so confused. So they would have literal signs up, like obviously out of the shot of the camera, saying boo and cheer. So like there was noise. But whenever it came to storylines, people couldn't follow it. And then whenever someone like... Cactus Jack came out. I just had no clue what the hell was going on. Yeah, no, and and that's pretty much like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like in my experience of the Impact Zone, it was great because like Jeremy Borash was actually really good at the whole, the whole hyping up the crowd thing. And then they'd have um, Mike Tanay, um obviously doing doing commentary, so you, you wouldn't hear that. But they have Don West coming out and like selling stuff. You know, that was his thing. He'd just be at the merch stand selling things and then doing deals and that. But it was actually a really good time. <laughs> Unfortunately, with this, is the matches weren't good. So there was it was it was supposed to be a reverence to this thing 
that nobody that a vast majority of that crowd had no idea what they were talking about yeah. and that's why the crowd is so it's so weird because there's a certain percentage that are like oh yeah but a lot of ECW fans were not going to travel from Philadelphia to Florida that's yeah. not a thing that was going to happen the, the other thing was is like the matches okay most of them weren't good none, none of them were actually none of it was like a really bad match but um the booking and positioning of them was very strange so you know you're having this whole ecw extreme thing but then a lot of the matches weren't actually extreme um and the other <laughs> thing is like so the the opening match right like the pay-per-view opens with what's actually a pretty good opening package about ECW, especially considering yeah. they can't use any footage from ECW, any images from ECW, or the name ECW. They actually did a pretty good um, opening package, and they got across like this feeling of it being this underground, dangerous blood sport. You never know what's going to happen. Like uh, it was, it was wild. It was unhinged. It was borderline illegal. It was absolute like a pirate just lunacy and then your first match is like a a kind of a six-man comedy with like goofy dancing and stuff it it, it just the two didn't mesh you know like save that but for later in the show because like wrestling shows should be a buffet you should get to see all types of like and there's a there's a great space for comedy and wrestling like some of some of the best matches you'll see are comedy. Like one of my favorite wrestlers is um, Orange Cassidy, but don't do your awesome blood-soaked intro package and then have the 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 big fat gay dancing. <laughs> so to open up the show, there was a very very good video package. Actually. And the, sorry, I didn't say what the buy rate was. So do you want to guess what the buy rate was? Oh, so this came out four years later. Because the thing, the difference between Impact or TNA at the time and WWE is TNA is not publicly traded, so they don't actually need to disclose anything. Um, they don't need to disclose anything, like ever. Their earnings, it's all there. They're a private company, right? So we found out about what uh, 2012, uh, so okay. two years later, what their buyer. Okay, was. hold on. Let me let me let me guess. So ECW tribute show, but it's Impact Wrestling. But Impact had pretty good TV. I would guess. Fifty thousand, eight thousand. Jeez, eight thousand. Yeah, but was were a lot of people were a lot of people not watching the weekly show even at this stage? No, eight thousand. Oh my god! So for every for every person in attendance, three people bought. The, <laughs> three people. Bought the pay per view. So, yeah, man. I mean, that that's from cage side seats as well. Um, yeah. So not oh, good. <laughs> not good. Uh, and you know, at the moment on on YouTube, it has uh, two thousand six hundred likes, uh, which I mean is quite good. And the views, I can't. Oh, the view count is one hundred and seventy two thousand views. So I mean, that's good. That's a lot better. Um, I'll tell you the other thing as well. ECW suffers a wee bit from 
Undertaker syndrome in that ECW looks great in video packages. But watching it week to week and pay-per-views and stuff like that can be a bit of a slog sometimes. It was it was very much of its time. Yeah. Late 90s, early noughties, extreme, bloody, just like complete antidote to WWF and WCW and blah, blah. Like ECW was definitely important, was definitely unique, definitely had its fan base. Wasn't actually all that great, you know? No, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Like it's, I think the best, funny enough, actually, and this is probably going to be kind of controversial. I'm going to say it anyway, because we don't shy away from that on this show. Especially ECW, not if I've had a few points. No. <laughs> <laughs> One I stand to tell is my five is the best, uh, the best distilled version of ECW that's ever existed. I think it's the most focused, focused point of ECW. And it was done by WWE. Yeah. No, man, that's, that's... And I think that's really fair. It's like... That's fair, yeah. You know, I I think if you want to sell someone on ECW or what it was, that's the best uh, distillation of it because it's like it's focused, it's clear, it's clean, has good it has good production values, not too much, it feels authentic, and the crowd are super into it. Here, there's no focus. As I said, they might have been on Back to the Future. They might have been just whisked whisk away to watch these people who have probably not been on TV in ten years. Uh, like, under a blue light, <laughs> like even at its height, I imagine ECW is an amazing live experience. Like to be there would be just incredible. And I can see if you lived in Philadelphia, how you would become a diehard ECW fan, and you would be there every week, right? Yeah. But watching it, um, like on TV or on pay per view, it's a it's a very mixed bag. There's some great talent, there's some not so great talent. Uh the extreme stuff. Um you know it it you become slightly numb to it after a while. Um mm. and then just depending on what you're used to, like the production values of some of these shows is gonna be very difficult for people to to get over. Like if you're a modern WWE fan, I don't think you'd be able to watch an ECW show. It would be, it would be like watching a, a home video. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably the appeal of it. It's kind of like, and again, to make a, a metal um, analogy, it's kind of like if you're a metal fan who only listens to Metallica, you know, and then someone hands you like uh, a, a Mayhem CD or a Dark Throne CD, you know what I mean? A real Dark Throne CD from like 1995. Yeah. And it's, you know, black metal's produced a specific way. You're not going to be able to listen to that. You're not, you're not going to enjoy it. It's going to be an acquired taste. And what's weird about this show is <laughs> it doesn't, it, it, they just they shoot it exactly like an impact show. It, it yeah. looks like it's just in the impact because it is. They didn't really do anything to, like, even there's certain things the way, and I don't know how much of this you'd know, Martin, but you'll probably see it when we're looking at impact proper or TNA. I'm, look, I'm going to use TNA and impact interchangeably. That's just. Just deal with it, folks. That's the way it's yeah. going to be. Um, it's I can't help it. Um, I still say the Fed. Oh, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. But when you're watching Impact, they shoot it the exact same way as they do here. Even with the you know 
there's a bit at the start of the show where Kid Cash is coming out and they do the TNA dive. And it's like, all right, you guys literally, you know, as you said, four days beforehand, they, they change it. So there's very few things that were probably changed outside of who they were booking. Yeah. yeah. You know? And to be honest, you, you really have to give it to the, to the wrestlers. Like they come up with a whole, a whole pay-per-view on the fly and particularly Rob Van Dam, like we'll get to the main event, but yeah. he wasn't even supposed to be fighting Sabu. No, he was supposed to be fighting someone else. And then that changed like literally the day before. I just, I guess the, before we get into this proper, my main question that I wish I had an answer for. And if anyone knows, let us know. Um, why? Why do this with such short notice? I mean, if you're going to do this at all, which I would argue don't. Um, but why? Properly, yeah. Yeah, why do it rushed? Like, if, it's like if someone said, oh, uh, you know, we're going to put on this this awesome gig, right? Uh, we want everybody to be involved, but it's it's tomorrow. Uh, it's like okay um assuming you can get everybody who you want uh it's not going to be good because <laughs> you have the logistics are just not going to come together I, I would be like no let's do it in like two or three months and get some bill because look here's the thing no wonder so few people bought it they had four days to promote it yeah like why not do a month when you have time to build so to it and put four days so on? would it even have been on the last episode of Impact? No. This is this is bizarre. Like, is it purely just because, like, like someone had a couple of drinks and had was like, "Hey, do you know our hard justice pay per view? <laughs> Whatever we call it, like hardcore justice, and it was like ECW. Like, is that literally what? I mean, that makes more sense than any justification I've heard, because it's like <sighs> it's worse than what WWE did. With Armageddon, where they put a, a phenomenal ladder match, and he just announced it on the show. It's nearly yeah. as it's nearly as it, it's nearly as bad, if not worse, than announcing right. something on the show. Because at least it's like, oh, you're making news, and you know, and people like, no, might no, 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 lads. Honestly, it's hardcore. Just is brilliant. Nobody wants to see Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles. It's all about Stevie Richards and. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. I swear to you, it's not the whiskey talking. I want PJ Palaco. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> nobody cares about Rob Van Dam and Abyss. Is they, they want to see the Blue Tilly? It's all <laughs> about the Blue Tilly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! And I mean, that's that's literally it. You know, that's that's literally it. it it's just again, I, I probably Tommy was like, you know what? This is my only chance to do it. Let's do it. And there's just no restraint. You can tell that, like Paul Heyman, by his absence, he wants nothing to do with this. He won't even show up. He don't, he don't even shows up. Like, okay, so for anyone who didn't see it, and look, you're doing yourself a look. If you haven't seen this and you're listening on the radio, download the podcast, stop this, go watch it. It's on YouTube, it's free, go watch it. You have to see it. Do you know what? Talk, it is. Even if you don't watch the matches, it is actually worth watching it for. So there's all these wee skits in this between This is where us. I'm going. This is where I'm going. And with it, yeah. is, it is so funny watching these guys talk their way around 
ECW. It really is. And that's what and that's what I wanted to draw attention to. There's bits where it's just like the weirdest one is Francine where she's just feeding a baby. Oh my god. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a wrestler anymore, I'm a mom. Yeah. And then there's like random people like AJ Styles who who weren't in ECW or just like uh randomers who are just yeah. not there. AJ's, AJ's or have never Styles. been there. Huh? AJ Styles and Big shout out to Dave. Dave, we miss you because he's a huge AJ Styles fan. AJ Styles is a genius, an actual genius in the ring, right? I said in the ring, he is a literal moron. (laughs) 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 He waffles his way through some explanation of a kendo stick match he saw. And I am looking at it going, is this lad hey? Is he having a stroke? What is he saying? No, my favorite one is Frankie Kazarian, like speed reading off to the side. <laughs> and you're like, this is just, it's so bizarre. And I mean, okay, we're almost up to time here. So what I'm going to do is. Well, folks, no, before before we go to time, we need to get this one out. Because the actual yeah. best one, the actual best one is there's a real somber moment. And they go, and you know, a lot of the wrestlers who used to be with us aren't with us anymore. And we'd like to dedicate this next segment to the the wrestling superstars who have left us since the, the days of of the Philadelphia <laughs> organization. <laughs> right? And it's this real somber moment. And you think we're going to get like a, like a in-memoriam reel of the different mm. wrestlers who have died. And what comes up on screen is a, a black screen and white writing that says TNA would like to pay tribute to all the wrestlers who have died. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all that comes up. Listen, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the show yet, this is your time to watch it and come back to the rest of the podcast where me and Martin are going to be completely uncensored. We're going to be able to say exactly what we want to say. Uh, and it, it's going to be hilarious because we're trying to be very careful what we say. <laughs> we're we're like, the radio. We're like uh, the ECW guys trying not to say ECW. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's Do you know what, Jared? It was a flipping load of piddle. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good, Mark. It wasn't very good. But folks, uh, we will encourage you to go over and to go to nerdtonomedia.com, go to the True Penny channel or anywhere else, uh, nerdtonomedia as well, and thewrestlingyourway.com because all the shows are free. There's 134. This is the 134th one. Uh, and yeah, we have a lot more to get through with Harker Justice 2010. Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Yes, because you can watch Hardcore Justice for free on YouTube, and we have informed you of that. Yes. I think you owe us an X-Pac Euro. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. There you go. You've earned, not only now do you know that X-Pac was, in fact, saying make some noise, uh, you, know, you know that Hardcore in Justice... In fact, you know what? For today, we'll call it a Tommy Dreamer dollar. <laughs> or sad Tommies. Crying Tommies. Sad Tommies. <laughs> 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 guys we're going to be back after this short break here on on uh, on media.com but we'll be back next week on uh phoenix 92.5 fm so if you're checking on if you're checking us out here on fm what are you doing go over to the internet and get the rest of the show you don't want to miss it we'll talk to you after this break
you have nothing else to do on a Saturday, if you like nerd things, now check out Nerd to Know Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM, 5pm to 6pm, and then head over to nerdtoknowmedia.com for all of our shows as part of the Nerd to Know Media Radio Network. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Alright, if you beat you were watching with some of Sinkara, weren't you? Yes, oh yeah. Oh, yes, yes, oh, the, uh, oh, the different variations and the... And the, the I, I was actually really impressed when he would jump into the ring until I found out that there should be, uh, there should be trampoline. And that they always recorded it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, here we go. All right, Martin, and we're back. Yo. Talk about Hardcore Justice 2010. Now, we said before that we have to be a bit restrained. So, you know, now, now it's going to be extreme. It's off the hook. <laughs> it's off it's, the hook. Do, do you remember? So one of my favorite things was the whole way through this show that they kept like talking around ECW. They kept going like, you know, the, the Philadelphia company, the extreme organization. I think they should produce it. Do you remember the old EC fucking W t-shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I think they should come out with, TNA should come out with one that's like, the Philadelphia fucking company. <laughs> See, here's what's funny, right? They did, they're, uh, oh, I have to say, one thing I love about this show is that they're all using actual cameras because it's just, you know, smartphones aren't really a thing. But also, it was the time, you remember when everybody really, really liked tap out shirts? Yeah. So TNA made a horrible decision to actually lean into that. So all their shirts were these horrific tap-out rip-off affliction shirts, uh, and AJ Styles is wearing one. So yeah, they should have produced that shirt, but they were too busy producing knockoff affliction shirts. <laughs> well, look here. If if nothing else, um, it's nice to see AJ wearing a shirt that doesn't look like it was covered in jizz. So that's, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, so uh, everything in context, Dara. So as you said, um, they started off the most hardcore tr- traditional uh, ECW show ever that was going to be better than WWE's version with the FBI versus Kid Cash, Johnny Swinger, and Simon Diamond. There you go. There you go. Uh, this match was was not good. Um, it was not bad. It was all right. It, it was fine when it was let be a match. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, there is room for goofiness and comedy and all that in wrestling. Just not immediately after your black and white, grizzled, extreme intro package. You know? I think this is a case of them, of maybe too many cooks, where they're like, right, we have this great idea. You know, we finally have the the ability to do it. And then you're watching it. And when the bell rings, there's some lads who are in shape, some lads who aren't in shape, some lads who are obviously working, some who aren't. Yeah. All in this fucking blue light. Look, I'll tell you and what. And you're like, what is, what am I watching? And you get the is... crowd, sorry, the crowd is just so puzzled by the whole thing. <laughs> 
you know, there's a bit, there's just this realization when you're looking in the crowd. I mean, I do get distracted now because we, I am still looking out for signs as well. Um, you know, for our book that we will write eventually, but there's just this look of bemusement among everyone, except for like six people who are. There's some lad with a belt. He's the, the, gay, the six in the ring. Yeah, that's the ring. And it's just like. What were you doing? Before, what was your weekend plan before this? That that was my question that I had as well. I was like, you know, Kid Cash and Little Guido were probably working, but the other lads, you're working in Olive Garden, maybe, or you know, taking the I kids you to what, the, the zoo. The the one thing I actually got from this was, um, Kid Cash must be an excellent wrestler. Oh, he is. Yeah, it takes a lot of skill to to, to actually stand out in a match like this. Yeah, like to to be in a match like this, that's you know so goofy and so it's not even that's bad. It's just it's so run in the mill. But to to actually be able to um like watch that and go, whoa, look, this is all a load of nonsense. But keep an eye on that kid, Cash guy. Yeah, and I mean, he was the one that that stood out the most. You know, I don't know. Um... It, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't very good. And I think yeah. that's the biggest, the biggest problem with it. Kid Cash was the standout. Um, the FBI would win. I'm actually amazed that they were able to call them the FBI. Um, yeah, because <laughs> so many of the names here are uh, like they're obviously trademarked by WWE at this stage. But here's the thing. TNA is not a threat to no, WWE, e- even at was. this stage. In 2010, no, TNA was. is not a threat. Honest to God, if they had taken some time and they'd said, look, TNA now has a load of ECW guys, we'd love to do an ECW tribute show. If they'd went to WWE and said, would you mind even just letting us use some of these names, some footage, we'll put courtesy of WWE, like... I, I, even WWE, I think, possibly could have been open to that. I, you know what? I think you're right. The fact that they just didn't even think about it and they were too busy trying to get, again, it just comes off as bad planning. You know, I, it's why it's like your question earlier. Why did it have to be in four days? Why, why couldn't you build it up? Why couldn't you have it be like, uh, all these, ECW guys who are like having one last run at greatness and <laughs> like why? You have to hand it to Ric Flair, right? Ric Flair has the right idea. He's like, you know, I'm going to milk this properly and build to it and have a whole event around it. This just seems like they were like, oh. And then not retire anyway. And then not retire anyway. <laughs> it, it's just it's just so sad. You know, it's just really so sad that it's just like, okay and um, this match, the crowd were just as, as confused about it as, as it was when it started. Uh, but the ending actually was quite cool. Um, Kid Cash again absolutely yeah. stole the show. Um, you could tell if someone was putting the match together, it was him. Um, and yeah, it, it it ended it ended with an FBI win, which I mean, the faces had to win, so that was pretty obvious. Um, Sure. Then, and, and like like I said there, like a big part of my issue with this isn't even the match itself. It's the no. placement. If yeah. you're going to have that video package, 
open with an absolute banger murder like yeah. a real ext- like ha- take two of the like put two cold scorpio and cw anderson out there and say lads go out and kill each other right go so and- so after that <laughs> I, I i know that's not what happened no that's not what happened <laughs> that's not what happened but what did happen though was as you said we kind of talked about it before uh was where are the now segments and oh. i had oh it just but it's so strange the where are, so the where are they now segment <laughs> they went <laughs> they went through these wrestlers who were well-known ecw personalities and they had the, the, i don't know why they called it where are they now because it wasn't even like what are they up to now it was just them going hey guys i remember being in philadelphia in the 90s but like wh- why wasn't it called like why aren't you here <laughs> <laughs> so the so pitbull was there and blue tilly uh, and actually it's funny on youtube they call him uh blue meanie so you know ted gordon was there todd gordon was there as well but there's a bit when uh the pitbull is driving away and he hits a parking cone and just keeps driving so that was obviously the one take that he did <laughs> <laughs> see that uh, that's ECW it is but it's also like why didn't it, like okay you see the, the camera production that they have for the Blue Meanie right that's the way they should have shot it they should have shot the whole thing like that but some of these were that our segments were shot as if the people didn't know they were happening like yeah AJ when, Styles when, one which when was an up, Angelina Love yeah when they go up to her while she's feeding the baby that was the best that, one. That, was like, that looked like they just landed into our house and she was like what e- like, oh, ECW no no but you can't say ECW oh right uh, yeah I used to be a wrestler but now I am a extreme mommy so we had a seg- we had a segment with AJ Stoltz and then we had a backstage segment with Al Snowhead Stevie Richards and Nova and this it was, was, it was, all of that was bad. Then so we had, was, well, but hold on. So it was, um, yeah, them trying to get this blue world order, but not the blue world order thing over. And they were joking about it. Like it was all inside jokes. But what are you talking about? He's practically, he's practically the real thing. Um, and I kind of got, so, so I got that. What I didn't get was then this guy walked through the, walked into the room picking his nose mm. he's got his finger lodged way up there and he's holding a teddy and he says uh hey i bought all your supplements and nova goes uh we're talking about like they're all fake uh you and- see i can explain that you want right. me to explain it okay right well, b- before you do because they're all fake and then he walks off and uh then Blue Tilly and this guy pick each other's noses. I'm not. I'm not making this up. <laughs> they pick each other's noses. So the guy who was picking his nose. Do you know who that is? Who? Dexter Loomis. No way. Swear to God, Dexter oh Loomis. God. Isn't that mental? But uh, yes, please explain to me the <laughs> the Nova thing. So Nova was Simon Dean in WWE. And he had done a gimmick where he was a fitness instructor. Oh, 
and that was an inside joke. Okay, so here's where I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe they couldn't have gone to WWE and politely asked for the rights because they do spend a lot of this show <laughs> taking the piss or attempting to take the piss out of WWE. Yeah, and I mean they could have done it, but that was that's what I'm saying to you. It's so low rent. It's like if you had it just focused on what you were doing. It would have been fine, but because you and this is this was the problem, and it's why when AEW start doing it, it just see I get like because I've already I've already played this game before. I I know what where this leads. It leads to stuff like this. Oh God, don't, and, don't I mean, say that to me, Dara. No, it does. This is what happens. No. And this is my fear with, with AEW. It's like we're going to be watching ECW in twenty twenty. Wait, has that happened? The, the, has anyone shown up from ECW yet? In AEW, AEW. Well, I mean, Taz is the announcer. Oh yeah, see that that really. Oh. Well, here's a, okay. So before we go into this match, right? Let, let's talk about the the announce team. I actually really like them. Like, yeah, so today and Taz agree. Yeah, they're brilliant. Right? Like, technically, they're probably not like technically the best announce team, but I just find the path are great crack. Yeah. And even when it falls flat, like when when Taz says something like, oh, what is it? There's one match where uh, this guy, he, I can't remember the match, but he belts some other guy with something really hard. And Taz is like, oh my God, he hit him hard as a, like a, like a really, like a really hard thing. <laughs> oh, Taz. So uh, there was one sign that, so I, I've been trying to map some of the signs and they're not, you know, for an ECW, Sorry, for an ECW show, the signs are very tame. There's yeah. one when C.W. Anderson is walking out and it says, I ditched work for Hardcore Justice. What time so, was Hardcore Justice taking place? <laughs> it was like on a Sunday. <laughs> is he a priest? Maybe works in Denny's. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> so, Too Cool Scorpio uh, comes out and does a little dance and everyone has a good time. Uh, and I say, from an actual, re- like, I know these guys were not only were they on e- ECW, but they're actually in WWE ECW as well. Yeah. So look, they have a right to be there, but again, you're expecting blood. Also, there's a great sign that someone just gave up as well. Vince fears ECW. He doesn't. He bought ECW. <laughs> you know, come on, what are you doing? Stop. I mean, that's why. He, that's why he fears it. Like, but there's loads of holes put in it as well. So I mean, maybe he's like got angry or something. I, look, if that sign was in ECW, fair enough. That makes sense. But no, Vince doesn't fear it. He bought it. He funded it, and then he bought it. It's like anyway, it's the frustration of this show. <laughs> so look. Um, this was a good, an actual very good match. Um, these lads could always go. They're a little bit older than they were. Like even, even at this point, they were still, you know, they look like you know your teachers in school that are like getting up there. Um, but you know they had a good time, and the match was about seven minutes, so it wasn't bad. Tuku Scorpio did pick up the win. Definitely um, I, wasn't bad. You know, um, so sorry. These lads are um, proper bukali. Yeah, proper bukali. <laughs> Like, after the definition, like, see the Baranis and the two co Scorpio, even at this point, journeymen wrestlers, lads who never won anything, but can go and will have a good match. And what I think happened is they were probably cracking a beer on a Friday night 
<laughs> got a call and they're like, oh, we need you in the impact zone tomorrow. And, you know, they had to go and put this match together. Like it was, like you say, it was, it was perfectly fine if it had been, you know, the third match on Raw. It was perfectly fine. Yeah, Raw in 1993. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been perfect. <laughs> it would have been grand. Um, <laughs> tell, but absolutely, look, and both of them were getting on a bit at this stage. Tuco Scorpio, I was very impressed. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that that top rope moonsault thing. That finisher is jet. Like, why somebody hasn't picked it up and does it today? So it's, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's uh, moonsault, except... He rotates even further in the moonsault and he ends up in a leg drop. Yeah, it's position. like a it's phenomenal. It's like a, it's like a moonsault coup de gras. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Why, why somebody hasn't picked it up today, I've I've no idea. It's probably really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, but we've guys out here who are doing four fifties and like shooting star presses and like if you can do that, you can do you can do this, you know. Yeah. Um but the fact but these- that he's still going at this level and able to still pull out the big moves and that like absolute respect to the guys but i mean if we're talking about a big ecw hardcore justice reunion pay-per-view very underwhelming we are 42 minutes in and there's not been one hardcore match yet Next up we get more of these backstage segments with Madison Rain, Matt Morgan and Mr. Kennedy and it's funny because he wasn't called Mr. Kennedy on this, but Impact has called him Kennedy. It was Mr. Anderson. So whatever's going on with the person who tagged this on YouTube, uh, it's it's bizarre because he was not called Mr. Kennedy ever on Impact. He was called Mr. Ken- Mr. Anderson. 2010. Is this before or after? This is his... after. This is after. Oh, so this is after the yeah. WWE run yeah. and the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. And you would feel bad for the guy. All everyone here just looks like they just look like they, they one don't want to be there. It, you know, it looks like it's like you know they were like sat down and said, "This is how you actually do wrestling. This is like take notes, kids. This is a real wrestling show." And they're trying to justify it, and you're like, "Right, Matt Morgan, you were never good, uh, Mister Anderson, <laughs> like." You have no attack at no point would I have considered you a hardcore wrestler. I think he is wearing like one of the best wrestling t shirts ever made. Uh if I can find it here. It was his uh he had some really good ones in, in Impact actually. Uh one was, you know, uh wrestling wrestling is real, people are fake. That was a good shirt. Oh that's cool, I'd wear that. Yeah, no, he had some actually really his merch was like the best ever in Impact. Um, and I think that's the one he's wearing on this. But n- from a, from a uh, content standpoint, none of them actually say anything that justifies anything. It, it's just, you know, word salad. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the Philadelphia promotion. So Some here's of them, how, even if you... Even oh, yeah, no, sorry, take... sorry, sorry. That is the shirt he's wearing. The wrestling is real. He looks very young. I forgot how young Mr. Uh, he looks Mr. really Kennedy. young, yeah. So see, here, here, sorry, here's, you, the, sorry, here's what the segment is called. Yeah, Madison ahead. Rain, Matt Morgan, and Mr. Kennedy remember the Philadelphia promotion. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on. But see, even if you take the awkwardness of people not saying ECW out of it, mm. like some of these interviews are like 
it's like they were just sprung on them. Yeah, like had, the last minute. Yeah, like they had no clue what they were going to be asked. Like they didn't even give them. It's like, hey, AJ, we're going to give you uh, ten minutes. We're coming around to film you in ten minutes, and uh, just just give us like uh, some of your memories of ECW. But we'll be back with the entire fifteen minutes. It's like they went in and they were like, AJ, we need your memories of ECW right now because his his in particular um, contribution is bizarre. He's like, oh man, yeah. Sandman and Sabu, man, they were they were beating each other with kendo sticks, and uh, goddamn it, he hit him not three times, ten times. What? That's that's not a saying. <laughs> not three times, ten times. What? Oh, <laughs> what man. in the flat earth? <laughs> <laughs> this show is worth watching for everything between the matches. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's, for it's so bizarre. Yeah. It's Drop so acid bizarre. and watch this. It, you don't need to. The blue, the blue light alone just. So, you know, in that spirit, right? I love the that. Blue, like the blue screeny. The well, the the, the blue W two point come out right, <laughs> and it's sad because PJ Palacco gets no entrance. He's already in the ring, and um, the blue Tilly actually doesn't look like the blue. I actually don't think that is the blue meanie. I think, yeah, I, that's what? not the blue meanie. What? That's some other fat fella. No. It is. That's not the Blue Mini. You wouldn't just replace one fat guy with another I fat guy. I think they guy. have. I think they have. That's not the Blue Mini. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's like that's like slapping... Uh, no, honestly, that isn't the Blue Mini. There's no, no way. Nobody would do that. That's like slapping, you know, like a no, sumo no. suit on a fat Samoan guy. No, no, pretending no. he's Japanese. That no, would never no. happen. <laughs> no, no, that's not the Blue Mini. That's why they call him the Blue Tilly. And that's why the blue, the actual blue meanie was on the show uh, earlier on as a video package. Well, maybe you can, maybe you can help me out here. Is what? What is it? Is Tilly his name, or what is a Tilly? Is is? Am I missing something here? Hold on, I'm, I actually have this here. Blue Tilly. Yeah, it's not. It's it, he's not. He's not the same guy. Oh, so his name is. James so was that, so it was actual. So so Big Tilly was his oh, name. Big Tilly was his Big name, Tilly, right? right? Okay. Big Rocco was the other half of the uh, Big Rocco. He was known in in the main event Mafia, but they actually just painted him blue. Holy Christ! Oh my and, God! And then this cut, has the added belly, a, cut the belly out of his T-shirt. This has added a whole new level to this. Wow! Next time, time, me Santa's not real. Wow! So you're actually able to get an actual Hollywood Nova. They weren't able to get the blue meanie. And come here, is it the real? Wow. Is it the real Stevie Richards? It's the real Stevie Richards. Okay. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's the real. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the real PJ Palacco. <laughs> I wish I knew this sooner. It makes it so much worse. <laughs> you couldn't get the blue meanie. So they filmed some other black fella. Oh, sorry. Some other, some other fat fella. fella. Some other blue fella. Some other blue fella. Oh my god. What are they thinking? Oh. That's bizarre. So when you were watching this, you thought they were just saying the blue telly because they didn't have the rights to the blue meaning. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not actually. I thought me and you so I thought we were we were playing a game there where we were no. pretending. Okay, that's why I was playing along. I thought we were doing a bit where we were both pretending. So you actually didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, phenomenal. <laughs> Do you know what that is? <laughs> that's just incredible. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you go to the, you go see Santa and you're like, oh, that's not Santa. He works for Santa. Do you think that's what they said about Blue Tilly? They're like, no, that's not the real Blue Mini. He works uh, yes, for Yes, he Tilly. works for them. Here. <laughs> At on. one stage during this, PJ Palacco did uh, the <laughs> did the uh, what is it? I know called? that's it, the man's name, but still, it's ridiculous. What is he called? What is he called? This version of the tombstone. It's like the Incredible Driver or the Incredible. Uh, no, it's called That's Incredible. That's incredible, or just yeah. incredible, yeah. But that should have been called That's Palacco. What they call it? PJ Palacco. They call it that's incredible. It's like, no, that's Palacco. That's what you should be calling that. <laughs> so this match uh mercifully ends uh in about six minutes. Stevie Richards defeats PJ Palacco. However, and again, we should say it, it's by no means is it a bad match. No. And they actually do hype up. We're starting to get a wee bit more hardcore here. And there's some the really end. good spots in this, and but again, it's just we're, we're, we're like at this stage, we're an hour into the ECW pay per view, and it's, yeah. it's very underwhelming. And Stevie Richards actually w- wins with like a super kick, so it's not even like a hardcore finish, it's just a super kick. But PJ Palacco picks up his kendo stick and he's hugging it, sells it for a little bit, and then batters Stevie Richards with it, right? Um, and he, you know, goes at him for a little while, and then you know, we, we get the lights out. And it's like a half-ass lights out because you can still see people in the ring. And it's Sandman. Sandman has shown up with his own kendo stick. At least they're able to call him Sandman. Yeah, because I don't. I think he actually like owns he the left. character himself. You know. Um, oh so, yeah, yeah. So he does the the white Russian leg sweep and canes the shit out of him. And yeah, I mean that's. Uh, what happens there? And that'll that'll teach you to use a kendo stick in wrestling. And then we get the best segment of the whole night. Francine feeding the baby. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly. Just it's the most awkward segment I think I've ever seen. See, if it was an ever. actual if it was an actual ECW crowd, the baby would have got a he's hardcore chant. Like yeah. people people would love the baby. You know, so, there would have been a there would have been a demand for breastfeeding or something. You know, like like an ECW crowd would have would have made gold out of that. But this was just confused people from Universal Studios. So then I think we get the the fallen. You know, the the praise for the fallen, uh, for from Mike Tanay and Taz. Which, <laughs> yeah, the, you know what? I, the PowerPoint the... production. <laughs> All of them are wearing suits except for Taz. Taz should have worn a suit. I mean, he's just saying. He's Taz. It's part of his whole. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm like, there's no commitment to it, you know. Or he should have went out in, in his in his uh, ECW gear. Come here. What's the deal with Taz? Was he like gravely injured or? Yeah, no. Taz was like one of the best parts of oh my god so I'm going to read this quote to all the men and women that are no longer with us our thoughts and prayers will always be with you our hearts go out to you and your families your contributions to the company will never be forgotten I love you make... addressed directly to the dead 
<laughs> like, to which company? WWE? Who own? The own ECW or the TNA? I'm so confused by... So I, I love that it's addressed directly to all the dead people reading this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so... Taz how, was like, a- so, no, I get, I get rights and names and stuff, but why couldn't you get, like, just pictures of the people who've died? And even if there's an issue with their with their wrestling name, just use their real name. You know, and yeah. set 60 seconds aside, nice music, pictures of them fading well, see, in Martin, the thing about it is, <laughs> hold on, they had four days. <laughs> you know, I could, I could set up a PowerPoint in four days, and I'm pretty thick. <laughs> look, what we got was the best they could do in four days. <laughs> Again, there like, is... It's like, and now for our tribute to the fallen, and it's literally just a screen that says, a tribute to the fallen. <laughs> it's... But okay, so Taz basically he was like the top guy in ECW in lots of ways. He was he was actually class. Went yeah. to WWE. It turns out he's a lot more injured than he thought he was, and that was kind of it. But but he he like his uh, his early days in WWE were like I cannot wait until we do the Royal Rumble two thousand. Oh man, look, you want to talk about somebody who was who was dis- more disappointed than anybody it was me. I was so hyped when Taz showed up, and then it was just like oh. You're a commentator within a year. This but is we've unbelievable. Had, you know? We've had so many wrestlers who've been like Brian Danielson, Soraya, all these people who edge, all these people who are told you are beyond injured, you will never wrestle again. And then they do. Do you think is it just Taz just was like, damn. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm good. I'm, I think I'm, he I think he just liked talking. He never came back for like no. one more match or one. He did. He had a terrible feud with Jerry Lawler. It was not good. Uh, yeah, but look, if Bret Hart couldn't get a decent feud out of Jerry Lawler, <laughs> nobody can. So, our next match is Brother Runt, who is Spike Dudley. Um, uh, genuinely loves Spike Dudley. Al Snow, who's able to use his name, Al Snow. And Rhino. And Rhino is, you know, no secret, long-term fans of the show. Um, I love Rhino. Rhino's one of my favorite wrestlers. So... He's the war machine rhino, so he's actually not even using his ECW gimmick. He's using his TNA gimmick, oh. which is he was the war machine rhino. And rhino still has like the best spear, or it's not even a spear, sorry, excuse me, gore. gore. Is this and rhino, is he using the eye or the Y? He's using the, uh, he's using the eye. Oh. Yeah, so he does, he, the Y was WWE, so he's... Oh, right, right, that's what yeah, he's got. Yeah, so he's actually, he's actually just using his, his TNA gimmick here. So this was his TNA gimmick, um, and it was great. So it's kind of weird. Uh, Brother Runt, Spike Dudley would kind of show up every now and again, and Al Snow, um, yeah, again, would just show up randomly in different places. So, But this was a really, really good match. It was a three-way dance, a traditional uh, ECW three-way dance. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, the right decision was made. Rhino looked like a killer, um, and we hit the gore. It was just sick. Uh, some... Weapons have been introduced as well. So, again, this is, like, very, very TNA-ish. Sorry. Yeah, well, it is TNA-ish. Sorry, it's very ECW-ish because they actually start using weapons as well. But, um, yeah, I think if anyone else had a one, it would have been disappointing. Um, like, Brother Runt or Spike Dudley never won in ECW, so it kind of makes sense. And Al Snow didn't really need to win. But, um, yeah, I mean, the crowd were still happy enough that they got to cheer Al Snow and do the whole head thing. But uh, you think this... I think. 
a match like this actually would have been better opening up the show, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed this match. This felt like a tribute to ECW. Yes. This, if this they'd was... have done their, like their hardcore uh, video package at the start, and then, like you say, opened with this, this mm. would have gone down. And give them, give so this went six minutes. Give them the ten minutes that the opening match got, yeah. and let them go hell for leather. I think it would have been a far better opening. But as it is, this was really good match, very enjoyable. You're starting to see sort of the, you know, the bits of ECW shining through. If you are going to watch this pay per view, like purely for re- not for like the 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 lulls if you're going to watch it for wrestling yes yeah, skip an hour what is it like an hour and 20 minutes into it hour and, hour and five hour and five minutes into it and start off with this match yeah and then because for the next for the last four matches it's a semi-decent pay-per-view yeah i think you know you know if they had just made this the episode of impact it actually probably would have been better but yeah, yeah. If you had said next week's impact is going to be an easy and just have these four, the last four matches on it. Yeah. Brilliant. That's it. I mean, it's like it, it was. It seems like why, are, why, are, why are we not bookers? You know what? I don't Retros- know. I, 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 I remember I remember talking to Dixie like <laughs> after Drew Galloway showed up and she was like, what do you think of the show? And I was saying blah, 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 blah. And just the look in her eyes when her whole world just crashes and you're like, that's why we're not bookers. <laughs> because <laughs> people who run the show just want to be told sometimes that they're doing the right thing. So that's why we're not bookers. The next show, the next uh, video package was um, Mick Foley talking about Tommy Dreamer for some reason. Hold uh, on, though. He's reading Hulk this... Hogan's book. Oh, man. That is literally what I was going to say. The, the, one of the actual gags that actually got me was the camera comes up and Mick Foley and he's reading Hulk Hogan's book that genuinely popped me yeah it was pretty good we have Brutus Magnus um, who is uh, he's he's married to Mickey James now and he was in a he was in NWA I can't remember exactly I think he's still called Brutus Magnus sorry what winner absolutely (laughs) absolutely Uh, I want to find his actual because he goes by a different name, I think. Yeah, Nickus Aldous. That's a he was a he was in Gladiators as well. Um, terrible wrestler. Um, I have no time for him at all. Um, I really, really don't like him. Um, not as a person. He, he, he doesn't care because he goes home to to make his games. Exactly. Day. He he's winning in life. <laughs> he is absolutely winning in life. It's but, like when uh, it's like when people used to criticize Buddy Matthews to be like, oh, he's. <laughs> Too, he's too small for WWE. He's too big for the for the cruiserweight division. He's but I was like, he, he goes home every night to Alexa Bliss. He doesn't care exactly. what you think. He's winning. Like that's the thing. <laughs> it's like we say about Punk. It's like AJ Lee. It's like man, come on. <laughs> you don't need to do anything else. You're 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 already winning. So, but what's stilted about him is Brutus Magnus never ever wrestled that style. He never wrestled a hardcore style. He was never known for it. In the NWA, in his match with Cody and all that kind of stuff in, in recent years. That's why he did. He, he was talking about the NWA. That would make much more sense. But no. Showing up here was weird, man. And the same with Chris Saban. Chris Saban was an X-Division wrestler. It's like, why are you having him talking about ECW when 
neither one of them would have benefited from there. But it sets up the next match. <laughs> and look, I know what you're saying about it's a little bit better, but you have Gajones and Axel Rotten. So Gajones is Balls Mahoney. <laughs> Yeah. And Axel Rotten. Who we've established. Oh no. What was he known as in, EC, in WCW? Uh, oh, wait. What was, it wasn't Balls Mahoney. It was something else. Hold on. Let me let me find this. Uh, Cajones. Oh my God. I can't believe to call him that. <laughs> I, uh, I actually like that. I thought that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, hold on. Because uh, we did well, see him in WCW at one point, didn't we? Yeah. But I actually. I, 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 I think he was like, just called Balls Mahoney, was he not? All right. Oh, well, that's okay. And I, I actually liked um, Balls. Look, he's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he's got he got a good character, and his matches were, even if they weren't technically great, he was kind of willing to to do whatever it took in them. So I, I kind of liked Balls Mahoney. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, he did. Oh, what? Oh, that's a that. bummer. There you go. Well, look, we uh, we'd like to. He died um, in 2016 of a heart attack. Yeah. Well, um, the Wrestling Rewind would like to go now to our segment in honor of Balls Mahoney. We honor Balls Mahoney. <laughs> oh God! If this was a visual media, we could just put up that sign from earlier oh, on. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if this is a visual media, I wouldn't be able to do these uh, these podcasts in my pants. So. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that sucks and apparently he also uh, is he also had a chronic traumatic encephalopathy CTE from all the chair shots I mean that oh, makes a lot of sense yeah oh well okay Wikipedia is horrible because anytime I click into it it's like oh dead injured it's like oh well uh, <laughs> poor Paul's yeah. Mahoney that's su- such a bummer anyway so he shows up here very much alive. Um, good man. Uh, good man, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love there's a sign in the crowd. Actually, he's wearing a Shadows Fall t-shirt, which is like, they were a really good band. Uh, oh my God, he teamed with Axel Rotten and he's he dead did. as well. Jesus. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. I didn't really care as much about Axel Rotten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely sad about Balls Mahoney being dead. I kind of like Balls Mahoney, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Not for any reason. I just, you know, like Balls Mahoney. He was just, you know, Cool. Um, in the crowd, there's a sign saying, you want hardcore, you got hardcore. And I'm like, I don't think you made that. <laughs> yeah, I think you were given that sign when you walked in there, buddy. <laughs> you know? It was half right. You want hardcore. Oh, God. So they're facing three, uh, Team 3D, who are made up of Brother Ray and Brother Devon. Legally distinct from the Dudley Boys. <laughs> A couple, um, of, couple of legally distinct burly there. Exactly. <laughs> and Brother Ray is wearing a Confederate do-rag for some reason. Now, this was never part of his gimmick. He just did it on this night for some reason. What did you think of his Confederate um, do-rag? I mean, like, I kind of got this stuff when wrestlers did it in like the 80s and 90s. Uh, yeah, 2010. <laughs> Confederate do-rag is a bit odd. There's a great sign that says we paid for Alex Rotten and uh, Balls Mahoney. It's like he didn't pay at all. Uh, <laughs> so it's, like, 
<laughs> maybe, maybe that's a comment on the value of Axel Rotten. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We paid exactly what they're worth. There's a, a random Irish flag in the in the crowd, which, you know, fair enough. Nice with, to see. With TNA written on it, yep. but from the angle, it only shows the top half of it. So it looks like IRA <laughs> <laughs> on the flag. Because you can only see the top of the T and the top of the N, and then you can see the A. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> Extreme. This <laughs> is a bunch of lads wearing balaclavas. Like. <laughs> Just <laughs> Oh man! Oh, uh, this is why we can't do the show on the radio. No, definitely not. <laughs> so they do the whole, you know, fighting through the crowd thing, hitting them with things, and falling down, and all that kind of stuff. And then it gets back in the ring, and weapons get thrown in, and it's fucking garbage. So, brother, Bubba Ray Dudley starts trying to have sex with a with a frying pan. Some cookie dishes. It's it's all bad, and um, I don't know. I, you know, we've talked about really enjoying hardcore wrestling on this podcast, and we do. Um, this just seemed like they were going through spot by spot, and there's no rhyme or reason other than just hitting each other with things. Yes. There was no. I didn't see any like cr- creativity here. No zero. Know? The the thing about this match is. Um, so you have, I'm just going to say the Dudleys, you have the Dudleys and they were genuine ECW like royalty, like ECW mainstays. And this match coasts along on that. Yeah, like absolutely. Like that alone absolutely, yeah. is, is what gets this match over with the crowd. There's a good spot when they all have, you know, the chairs and they're doing the proper ECW spot where they like dual chairs. But it's also ruined by the fact that this is the match that has the lightsaber duel in it. <laughs> it's the one, yeah. So it's like, which is it? Are you hardcore or is it ridiculous? Because it's like in the space of what, 30 seconds, they go from a lightsaber duel to an actual cool spot. And it's like, why did you use fake lightsabers? I mean, there's no real lightsaber. And but here's still. the thing. <laughs> here's actually, they do the lightsaber spot so well. Yeah. Because the camera turns to the, the side and uh, um, is it Axel Rotten or Balls Mahoney? Whichever one of them is, stabs Bubba Ray. I was going to call him Bubba Ray. Stabs uh, it's, Bubba it's Ray balls, with balls, yeah. Ball stabs Bubba Ray with the lightsaber and he gets him like, do you know, between the arm and yeah. the side? Yeah. Uh, and then it shoots out through his, he's wearing like a weird shirt that shoots out through the shirt in the back and it looks like he's fully lightsabered him. Like it's, it's done quite well. It's just, it's just completely out of, <laughs> out of context. It's like, what are you doing? You were, you were killing each other a minute ago. So the Dudleys win with a, a power bomb through a flaming table. No, no 3D through the table, which would have made more sense. Um, and that's the end of that match. But it's not. It's not really. Um, we have a high rate. A, sorry, a highlight video package of it, which shows the, the lightsaber Jill for some reason. And then the gangsters come out and uh, kill everybody. New Jack, who's also dead, which is why it's okay to make fun of him, because he'd hunt us down and murder us. Um, yes, and also, he so. was an asshole. Like, y- Yeah, but he also would 
find us and kill us. He um, definitely so. would. Yeah, and not was. not in a, not in a, like funny hyperbolic. No, way. as in like, like uh, where the fuck is from Ireland? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He'd be knocking at the door, and you you don't want that. So that's why, you know, now you can say how bad the segment was without fear of reprisal. Um, and what a genuine, genuine asshole he was! Like, oh yeah, oh no, absolutely. But went out of his way to hurt people. A proper dickhead. But if you watch Dark Side of the Ring. It really does kind of add a lot of context to why he was such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You have a tough life. Absolutely. But here's the bit that made the least sense of this whole segment, right? Oh, my God. I just saw a sign I didn't see before. Okay. After they've all battered each other, they then all hug. (laughs) And then there's a sign that says, hug it out. (laughs) <laughs> now I don't know about you when I think hardcore I don't think hugs <laughs> but like, like so, mean, it's so I get that this is an ECW reunion show like if this had been hug a later. battle hug yeah, later but, but there's a big there's a big thing at the end of the show where everyone comes out and hugs and do it then but like I get if there'd been like like, say there's a battle between two wrestlers who really respect each other and they absolutely go the distance and then one of them narrowly wins and at the end of it, the two of them stand up. And So, like, this week on Dynamite, and if you haven't seen Dynamite the last two weeks, mm. watch the last two weeks. They're abs- genuinely phenomenal. Did You, did, you didn't watch the um, Omega Moxley Cage match? Did I did, it? it's unreal. It's, the last two weeks' Dynamites are incredible, right? Jungle Boy and Roosh have a match on this week's Dynamite and you swear to God, at least three times during that match, you think Jungle Boy has been killed. Like, it's Mm. terrifying. But the two of them, like, they respect each other. They're like, I'm going to give you my, I'm not going easy on you, I'm giving you my absolute best. They batter each other around the place and then at the end of it, the two of them stumble to their feet and and shake hands and it's like like a moment. This like the lightsaber thing just felt like a complete tonal shift for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. I mean, like at one moment they're all battering each other and then they just stop and hug. <laughs> and it's so bizarre. It's like, which is it? <laughs> are you hardcore or are you not? You know, it's weird. So then it cuts to a pretty, uh, admittedly great Raven promo. He's backstage kind of doing the whole gimmick thing. And then it cuts to Jesse Neal. Sorry, Jesse Neal. I don't know if you know about Jesse Neal, but Jesse Neal was paralyzed in the ring, basically, um, a couple oh, no. of years later. Uh, I think he's all right now, but he was he, he was, was like, severely injured on an episode of Impact. Um, he's retired. He was in the military. His whole gimmick was that he was a he was a he, he was a re- retired uh, veteran. You know, imagine imagine making your way through a war zone only to be paralyzed in the impact zone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a whole thing. I can't remember the like right now. I'm trying to like remember what's going on. Um, oh, who was it? Yeah, it was. It, it was someone anyway who injured. Or I can't remember. I used to remember it offhand, but uh, he was fine. Eventually, he's still fine. He's not dead. I just checked. 
Uh, oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I so, thought this was going to be another... Someone got out of this alive. I was like, oh, he's dead. Uh, no, he's fine. he's fine. But he never really made any kind of, like, to use the pun, impact on the wrestling business. And he really wasn't, like, a hardcore guy. He was just a former uh, Marine, I think. And then... No, Navy SEAL, sorry. He's a former uh, Navy SEAL, and then that was it. Um, but, yeah. I don't know why he was there. I don't know why he, he felt like he had to feel like he had to uh, to do that. But uh, yeah, his best friend was killed in uh, in Iraq, it looks like. Yeah. God. Yeah, so someone died. So, not to be cruel, but maybe you shouldn't have been in Iraq. Yeah. Suicide bomb, apparently. Uh, yeah, so there you go. It was sorry, it was in Yemen. Why they were refueling. Uh, and then, who was after that? Frankie Kazarian. Now, Frankie Kazarian, I can understand being, talking about ECW. Because he kind yeah. of, you know, he was kind of wrestling around that time and he probably would have been in ECW if it still had been around. He did some WWE stuff and he kind of would fit in ECW quite well. But the whole time if, you're looking Even at, if not, he would have contemporary memories of it. Correct. Exactly, yeah. he was an active wrestler at the time. But if you're watching him, I want everybody to watch his eyes. He is reading like a champ off to the side. <laughs> so, fair play to him. And <laughs> but so, there you go. Why did they give him lanes, but then leap in on AJ or or a woman while she's trying to feed the baby? <laughs> like, why here, here's what's more. Here's what's more weird, right? So. Paul Heyman wanted nothing to do with this show. Joey Styles wanted nothing to do with this show. Yet they start paying tribute to him. And he's like, he's getting a lovely payday working WWE. And at the same time, you have all these guys saying how great Joey Styles yeah. is. All these guys who he probably didn't pay. Like, no, didn't no, have, like... no, no, this segment was for Joey Styles. Oh, for Joey Styles. Sorry, I thought yeah. it was in Heyman. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, I think, I think Joey Styles was likable, but Heyman literally, when he sort of just dunked it out on ECW, like there had been wrestlers who hadn't been paid in months. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, whereas Joey, as the announcer, was just one of the one of the guys. So we have our uh, co-main event, and he used that term. Very, uh, very loosely. The Paul Heyman tribute would be after this match. So, all right, okay. Uh, Raven versus Tommy Dreamer with Mick Foley in his favorite role, as we have established. <laughs> For some reason, the man That's just a... loves being a referee. Love re- What is it? Does he like stripes? Does he I like sm- smacking the ground? I don't what, know. what is <laughs> the thing? I think maybe his thing is, is like, no one's going to put me through anything if I'm like, the referee. It's the safest haven't... spot to be. We haven't done this intentionally. We did uh, 1990 Raw, 1989 Raw arc. We did uh, an, a sort of online WWE Taboo Tuesday through to Cyber Sunday arc. Now we've we've diverted from that slightly to do this foray into tna ecw right but we didn't realize that all along what we've actually been doing is the mick foley special guest referee arc that's what that's what we've been doing the whole time we just yeah. didn't know it 
No, literally, because it's like he just shows up randomly no matter where we are. It's like, oh, there's McFoley being a referee for some reason. So he came out wearing a, a different outfit. Um, and then Raven comes out. And, you know, Raven, he's a little bit worse for wear at this point. He, he's starting to look more like old man Raven. Yeah. Uh, hasn't shaved his head yet, so he still looks like Raven. Uh, one of my, by the way, one of my favorite wrestlers, Raven. But you know, oh, I love Raven. But you know what's weird? So, okay, so Beulah is sitting beside Dixie. Now, Beulah McGillicuddy is Tommy Dreamer's wife. And two girls are Tommy Dreamer and Beulah's kids. Oh, the Raven yeah. goes over, says hello to the girls, because obviously they know Raven, because he's like, Tommy Dreamer's like legit best friend. Yeah. Now, what's weird about this is what happens in this match. <laughs> I noticed this as well. I'm. <laughs> I don't have kids yet, right? I would not. And these kids are young. They're not super young, but they're not super old. They're not old enough to be part of the show. I would not want my kids to see this, nor would I want my kids to see, you know, who would be their uncle, doing this. <laughs> Imagine, like, you know, we go out and batter each other, right, in front of our kids, and they <laughs> think it's real. They're, why would you do that? <laughs> but it's not even. <laughs> it's not even that the two of them battle each other in the ring or anything. It's violent. Like, <laughs> Raven knocks him out of the ring towards where the family, like yes. where the, the wife and kids are, and busts him open. I, open. I don't know if he blades or what, but busts him open directly in front of, them. In front of the wife and kids. It was like um, it reminded me a wee bit of uh, when Mick Foley got you see. Tw- 12 chair shots in front, except that wasn't meant to happen. No, you see, that's the thing. And there, I remember this uh, distinctly. This was supposed to be a play on that thing oh from beyond God. the mat. It was supposed to be. The difference was one wasn't supposed to happen and two was done in the full intention of, of yeah. the performers there. And I'm like, Tommy, listen, those girls are going to be warped. Those poor kids. <laughs> You're their dad. And, you know, Raven, who they probably only know as your mate or their uncle. And you're there bleeding on each other and hurting each other. And it's horrific. And also, this is the ECW tribute show. Why are you doing a callback to a WWF pay-per-view? Exactly. Which none of them are on. Except for Mick Foley. And <laughs> well, he except for Foley. And he probably doesn't remember it. No, he <laughs> i tell you one thing that almost turned me gay was uh, that Beyond the Mat pay-per-view where Mick Foley's talking about his going like, yeah, Rock hit me so many times. I mean, he's like, it was partially my fault. I was supposed to fall out of the ring, but he hit me so hard in the first one, I didn't even know where I was. And then by the time we got up the ramp, my head was bust open. And it's just the way these things coincide. He said, you should have seen the, the cut I got. It looks like a goddamn pussy on my head. And then it cuts directly, immediately to a full-on shot of the cut. And it looks exactly like a vagina on his skull. And it's just... (laughs) Oh, for for a long time, all I saw was Mick whenever I (laughs) took a trip down set. Wow, okay. (laughs) Folks, do not watch that show. (laughs) Or skip past that bit if you don't want to... If you want to save yourself... Some uh, some struggle. <laughs> it, it is a great a great documentary though. Yeah, I, I don't recall that part though. 
So oh, I, man, I'm that, glad I don't. Yeah, that, for, for that, part, that part really hit me. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Jesus, man. That's, that's horrible. Anyway, so this match, again, uh, devolves into shenanigans. We have uh, BW 2.0 come out and uh, attack Tommy Dreamer. Now, there's another callback to Beyond the Mat uh, where Raven handcuffs Tommy Dreamer. Again, I don't know why they're replicating Beyond the Mat here. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. So Raven handcuffs Tommy Dreamer and then picks up a chair and starts wailing on him with the chair. In front I mean, of Mick. I, I get that Mick Foley was a big part of ECW. But this wasn't do any of this stuff in ECW. Which again lends credence to what I'm saying where it's like WWE had a better understanding of ECW than ECW did. So Beulah, yeah. yeah, like they did. Beulah comes out and tries to reason with Tommy, well, sorry, with Raven. Uh, Raven hugs her and then whacks Tommy Dreamer open. And then uh, she tries. he tries to attack her. Mick Foley gets kicking the nuts. And Mick Foley gets, you know, gets hit with the chair, which he probably was like, this is why I'm the ref, so I don't get hit with the chair. Beulah does the nut shot. Tommy Dreamer then is, helpfully is assisted um, to do his Dreamer DDT, um, which is actually one of the worst spots I think I've ever seen in my life. Whoa, wait, hold on, which which spot? Where um, he does the Dreamer DDT while he has the handcuffs on, and it's uh, oh my god! Okay, it right, looks so it looks so fake. It looks so fake. Here's where we're gonna we're gonna differ. I thought this was like the one great spot of the match. No, the bit after where it led into the finish, the finish with um with Raven getting the DDT was pretty cool because the float over DDT is like, it's kind of like the RKO. You can kind of hit it from anywhere just because it's so fluid. But No, no, I, I, I actually really liked the, like, so, okay, now, well, okay, okay, maybe someone who was younger and more agile could have done it in a way that didn't look so contrived. But I loved the, I just love the idea of him being handcuffed and kind of shifting his arms to the side enough to get uh, the head in and then right, drop I need the you do, I need to do me a favor. I need to do me a favor. Go back and watch it at two times the speed and it just takes away all the magic. At two, at half the speed or two times the speed? Sorry, at two times the speed. If you watch it sped up, it really looks terrible. Oh, okay. And you yeah. watch this pay per view at double speed? No, 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 no. But I, I did. I did. Go, I, I sat I through this whole goddamn I, thing. I've had to cut this. Was this whole? It's like the meme. This whole thing was your idea. I've already covered this twice <laughs> in my life, man. I've seen it already. <laughs> you bastard! This was your idea. You said I, I want to see an ECW pay per view with ECW, and I'm like, so, I have just the thing. So during the week. Uh, so like like I said we don't talk with these shows but during the week we'll text each other just like funny random stuff we find online about wrestling and uh, one thing Dara said to us, sent me during the week was um, Jim Ross really hated Triple H in the 2000s <laughs> and it's a video of all the times Jim Ross uh, calls Triple H oh, yeah, 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 you got no soul you got no heart oh he's demonic oh, he's and it just ends with Triple H you bastard <laughs> <laughs> just popped absolutely <laughs> loved it 
<laughs> oh my god! So and I, 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 I texted him back, going, uh, "You bastard!" Reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael goes, "Dwight, you ignorant slut!" <laughs> so after this match, again, Tommy lost. You think if he was booking this, he'd book himself to win? Makes no sense. So we uh, look. We have one of the most uncomfortable segments I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling, which is saying something. <laughs> you have the gangsters backstage. Well, SoCal Val is hanging out with with um, JB, and then the gangsters show up. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand this one over to you, Martin. Uh, New Jack has an interesting interaction with poor SoCal Val. Um, do you want to kind of tell the listeners what happened? No, wait. I'm, I'm, did I miss something? What, what happens here? So uh, the gangsters uh, grab SoCal by the hair and pull her away. Ooh. I, I, how did I miss this? I don't know. And then they grab JB by the scruff of the neck and drag him away. So I'm assuming Employee <laughs> Sexual Congress happened oh my with the God. four of them. <laughs> and this, this isn't leading on to anything. This is just... No, that's the last time you see the four of them. Is this a bit like uh, when we were watching... Well, Heidenreich? No, we were watching uh, Cyber Sunday the other week and Crime Time, Nick, Michael Cole's yeah, laptop. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's kind of what's implied. It's like that they're going to go off and... There's, there's no story to it. It's just like, hey, black guys will rub your laptop. <laughs> and, and, and perform sexual congress without <laughs> consent. <Yeah. laughs> oh, my God. I, oh, my honest God. God, I don't know how I missed that. It, it's 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 so incredibly uncomfortable, and it's just before the main event. That that was the big that was the big angle. To to nothing. <laughs> the big angle leading to nothing. Oh my god! Um, so RVD comes out, who actually is the TNA champion at the time. The belt is actually great. I really like that TNA belt. Um, and then we have Sabu. Sabu, who looks nothing like Sabu. Sabu had one of the best one of the best runs ever, actually, in TNA. And TNA Sabu is actually incredible. We'll probably watch uh, some Sabu matches. Mm. Um, Sabu had some of the best... Like Sabu actually, until want... he takes his... Yeah. Until he takes this... his turban off. Exactly. So Sabu in TNA had some incredible matches with Samoa Joe. He had some great matches with Abyss. Um, I mean, absolutely incredible. I would say his run in... TNA is actually his best run. And again, that's probably controversial, but we'll cover it and you can let me know and what you think. Before we go into that, can I also tell you that the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal maniac is a gentleman. So he wrestled the show for us in Phoenix Wrestling in Cork. Um, and I had the pleasure of picking him up at the airport and taking him to taking him to the show and he I like <clears throat> like I said I was absolute nobody at the time just a, another trainee was a total gentleman to me was more than happy to talk about uh, him and his uh, his missus were there at the time more than happy to talk about anything more than happy to talk about um, you know offering advice like I'm sure every young fellow who picks him up at the airport he has to listen to the same questions. More than happy to talk about advice. Um, really nice, really friendly. And then after the show, I drove him back to his hotel. 
and he took out his bags and out of nowhere he had a big hug for me. An oh. absolute gentleman. You know, and the thing about it is, it's like, I actually... <laughs> the genocidal, homicidal, suicidal gentleman. gentleman. <laughs> I actually love Sabu. I'll be honest with you, Sabu is one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. I think he's great. Um, oh, definitely, just, yeah. It's just unfortunate that this Sabu is not really Sabu. I mean, again, it's grand that he takes the turban off, and then you're like, oh my god, where's Sabu gone? No. <laughs> He looks like the bald kid from The Matrix. And he kind of gets unfairly labelled as a sort of a Sin Cara level botcher, which... No, I mean... I mean, mean, look, that happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the type of... The style of wrestling he did was difficult and risky. Like, it was... Hold on, hold on. Before we get to the style of wrestling, right? I mean... I'm looking at this here again. And <sighs> so for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, he has shaved his head. Yeah, but that's not the problem. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it is kind of it's part of it's kind of part of it. But I mean, looking at the ring here, right? There's RVD who doesn't really kind of looks like RVD. There's Sabu who doesn't look like Sabu. They're in a blue ring, which looks weird. Yeah. It's shot in a way that the whole package of this main event is trying to be something that it's not. And I think if they had a book this, even with the lads the way they were, looking the way they were, moving the way they were, doing it in an impact show, a TNA show, I think that would have been more successful than this is ECW, really. It's like, no, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, but they've yeah. smished the cake back into the package after taking a bite no, out of it. Do you know what it is? And that's kind of what it feels like. It's uh, it's the uncanny valley. That's this, what it is. That's Rob what Van Dam yeah. and Sabu looks like an ECW main event. Like that's that's you think of ECW, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Yeah, that's one hundred percent ECW in a hardcore match. Absolutely in the main event. Goddamn, give it to me. But it's just not right. And you know what's weird? It's all there. It's definitely, it's definitely there. But it's just not, there's a, you actually really hit hit on this here. There's a very strange, uncanny valley effect to this match. Yeah, and look, it's not that Sabu shaved his head, right? Yeah, that, I mean, it doesn't help. It do, it, yeah, it's it's weird because it's Sabu, but it it's the whole thing just gelled in a way that just doesn't feel right. It's like it's nearly there, but there's just something off and it goes beyond. It's 100% aesthetics, but it goes beyond just the obvious ones. It's the whole feel of the match. And what what feels weird to think about or what is weird to think about when you watch this match from WWE ECW 2006. It feels more like ECW than this did. When you watch RVD versus Sabu in WWE. Yeah, I mean, and that that speaks volumes because this match did happen on Sci-Fi at one point, and it feel it felt more like ECW than this did, and this is probably why this pay per view is so is so failed to hit the mark. It's, it's so poor and and weird and stilted. It's because it's like 
it was trying to be something it never could be when it should have just been TNA. If they had it just been like, right, this is a TNA show. We're going to have some ECW matches in Rand. And they made it clear, but oh, it's just so uncanny and weird. And then Sabu gets busted open at one point and there's blood everywhere. And it's just like, I don't know. I felt uncomfortable watching this match, and I don't really know why, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the Uncanny Valley thing. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, I, I thought this was one of the better matches of the night. I mean, that's not saying a whole pile, given the whole... Well, the three-way dance is still brilliant, like. The three-way yeah. dance, I would still hold up as being a genuinely good match. Yeah, that would, would stand up anywhere. Um, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed this. Look, maybe it's because, like, I'm not a huge... ECW gay. I like it. I like the. I like what it meant to wrestling. I like that there was an alternative. There should always be an alternative. Like no matter what your views are on, say AEW for example, mm. wrestling needs an alternative. Oh, absolutely. When you and, have a monopoly, you end up with two thousand five. Yeah, you end up with two thousand five to two thousand fifteen WWE. And but you know what? Dreadful. Uh, but on that point. On that point, I think it's a very important to make a very very important point to make. You need a, fee- a feeder ground as well. You need an ECW. You need a TNA. But I think it's important for that stuff to stay in and of its time. And this just didn't. Uh, this whole show, like I had some like this last seg- this last match had some cool segments. Uh, RVD would eventually win uh, with a five star frog splash, which was nice. Um, as as it always was nice when he'd hit. The table yeah. spots were great. You know, when he started doing the table spots yeah. and Sabu kind of... As Sabu often did. Little known fact about Sabu matches. Sabu beats himself. <laughs> yeah, He always beats himself. He does a move... He, he does a whole sequence where he misses and then it's taken advantage of and that's how he loses. So, I mean, it was a Sabu a, match. Like, one of the matches... One of the moves that Sabu is kind of famous for maybe 15% of the time screwing up is when he... Uh, hits the chair, leaps off the chair onto the top rope, and then does this sort of huge dive from the top rope outside the ring over the barricade into the audience. And he does it beautifully here. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool spot. And I mean, like, the thing about it is, it's like, it, was it the worst match ever? No, not by Angshaw. It was actually quite a good match. But the Uncanny Valley nature of it, the. Uh, the, the, that blue light, man. I think if that blue light hadn't been there, it actually probably would have been a lot better. And the camera, if the camera angles had been a bit more static, um, it's unfortunate because these guys had a great match. They've had better matches. It, it's just again four days notice. You have to give them to as well that they planned this for four days. As you said, RVD wasn't even supposed to be wrestling Sabu. Which I think is an important point to to, me- to mention. Yeah, as well. and and like uh, like like for lads who I don't know or put this match together. I mean, it's se- like it's seventeen minute match. Seventeen minutes is a long time. Not easy. Like if no, it's not. But the longest match I ever had was ten minutes, and I swear to God, I thought. But I mean, at the end of it, I I couldn't even walk to the back. I had to roll out and then kind of roll under the ring. I thought I was about to vomit up a lung. <laughs> Um, no, no. But okay. even just putting that together, like I was three minutes into it, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's 
what's what's next? What do we do? Now here's what's weird, right? So at the end of the original one night stand, there was a beer bash with Austin because Austin's thing was beer, right? Yeah. Now, if memory serves, and correct me if I'm wrong, ECW beer bash things weren't really a thing, right? They didn't. I don't remember that being a part of ECW, right? I remember the only time that yes. was done was because of Austin. And I know Sandman's thing was drinking, but he didn't share his beer. That wasn't a Sandman yeah. thing. Well, right? I mean, he shared it, but only by smashing his head with the cans and exactly. spitting it everywhere. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't. So they were aping a segment that was on the first reunion show that they're upset about happening by restaging it poorly. And I'm like, why are you doing the in-ring beer bash? If you were so upset by the WWE's betrayal of ECW, why are you stealing something that was very, very important to that show? And the worst part about it is, they're obviously drinking Bud Light, where they had to, to, to scribble <laughs> out the name, you know, because they don't want to advertise it. Dixie's in the in the crowd, and she just looks... <laughs> Think it's they don't want to advertise it? Or Bud Light was like... You can drink our beer, but you, you got to cover up the label. You got to cover it up. We don't want to be associated with this. And I've never seen that before where they cover, you know, they cover out the beer. And to- Tommy cuts a, a promo where he's like, thank you. And, and Bubba picks up Dixie and brings her into the ring. And it's it's like Tony Khan's dream just there. <laughs> and I mean, it's the same look that I see on Tony Khan's face every time I see him. If, if only these wrestlers would be nice to him and stop yeah. screwing him over. Uh, uh, yeah, Tommy's like saying thank you to everybody, and I, I'm just so upset. Thirteen years later, by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you're gonna do the big reunion at the end, it, it makes sense. Do it at the end. Don't do it in the middle of a. Team 3D, Axel Rotten, Gangsters Beatdown, <laughs> you know? But, uh, I just I just don't get why they... Because we've already seen this happen. This happened in WWE with Austin. And it was better. And it was better. And it was better, <laughs> This yeah. is just weird. Like, I mean, it's still... Like, when it happened the first time, it was weird. Like, when I watched it at the time. But watching it now, 13 years later, it's still a strange. It's so out of left field you know it's like why did you steal that and those Irish lads off on the left hand side they're properly into the whole thing they probably wanted a beer they're probably like hey show us one look we're Irish come on yeah come on just aim for the big IRA flag (laughs) (laughs) we'll catch it don't worry (laughs) so yeah I mean and so ends one of the worst shows ever committed to memory um, it wouldn't be the last Hardcore Justice, there would be more, but it would be the last uh, ECW-themed Hardcore Justice, mm. and the whole effing show would follow up, which would still kind of so, tie onto the ECW so thing. the Hard Justice thing, they just kept this as Hardcore Justice from then on? For a little while, yeah. And then did they go back to Hard Justice, or...? Well, see, this was stylized as Hardcore Justice, the last stand, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they'd go... I mean, they kind of... They would go back to Hard Justice, but then they'd kind of go to Hardcore Justice and then there'd be no consistency. <laughs> Welcome it's to TNA. Things Welcome to not... TNA. 
these things are not problems. Why are you making them problems? <laughs> like, if you're going to do it as a one-off, then call it Hardcore Justice and then go back to Hard Justice. Like, it, <laughs> oh, oh, sweet summer child. <laughs> uh, you're so going to learn that there's, that there's no consistency. It's like, I'm not even annoyed about it. Like, uh, I'm not, like, if you want to call it Hardcore Justice from now on, do it. But just, I, I, I don't want to criticize. I just want to understand. So, hard justice, hard justice, hard justice, hard justice, hard justice, hardcore justice, hardcore justice, hardcore justice, hardcore justice two, hardcore justice, fourth hardcore justice, hardcore justice two thousand fifteen, hardcore justice, hardcore justice. The fourth hardcore justice is hardcore justice two. Yeah, as I said, there's no consistency. There's no consistency. OTNA. And the, so here's the best part about her. TNA so, okay. is if it a wrestling better. promotion had dementia. It gets better, right? Hardcore Justice 2013 happened over the course of seven days. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me Hardcore Justice 2013 happened in 1997. <laughs> no, it happened over two days. <laughs> so technically, Hardcore Justice, what's it? One, two, three, four, five. Technically, Hardcore Justice 5. Is Hardcore Justice 5 and 6. But then after that, Hardcore Justice 3 happened. You know what this is like? This is but like that, that NES game Mother or Home oh, Se- yeah. or uh, Earthbound. Where it's like actually 1 is 3 and 3 is, or even Final Fantasy. Where like 6 is 3 and 3 is 6. And you're like. So as maybe I said, man, there's no. Like Star Wars. Maybe they're retconning stuff. So episode 1 is actually episode 4. You know, like when you when you look at the whole when you look at the whole um timeline, maybe that's what they were doing. Maybe. But my favorite hard hard justice actually is from two thousand and seven. Because I was actually like I'm in the high package for that. Uh because I was there like at the block of tapings when Kurt Angle had the TNA champion the TNA championship and the ITB the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Ooh. And basically it was winner take all, so those belts are on the line. As were the TNA World Tag Team titles and the X Division title against Mojo. So Kurt Angle say, ended up I'd, with all I'd the belts. I'd say that did more than 8,000 views. I don't know, but I remember in the ring, that's where Karen Angle wanted a divorce from Kurt Angle, and that was the big segment. Mm. Yeah. So there we go. That's Hardcore Justice 1. Not to be confused with Hardcore Justice. And this is definitely Hardcore Justice 1. It's not. No, it's definitely Hardcore Justice 1. It's not Hardcore Justice Episode 6 or something. So so I'm going to correct myself. From that point on, they would continue calling a Hardcore Justice, but they would, they would name, they would number them differently. (laughs) Throw in random numbers. Random numbers and then the random one night only pay-per-views. It would not be the last appearance, though, of um, TNA Originals. Periodically, we would see the appearance of uh, RVD, um, the Dudley Boys. ECW originals, you mean? What did I say? TNA originals. Oh, yeah, well, we definitely see those as well. (laughs) (laughs) TNA. Yeah, exactly. And in WWE. But sorry, it it wouldn't be the last appearance of ECW originals. We'd have uh, RVD, sometimes Sabu, Brother Runt, Bully Ray and Devon. Um, and yeah, they'll just keep going on and on and on where you'd see less and less, but they'd still be there. The last Hardcore Justice was in 2021, and it would be Team Dreamer, believe it or not, versus Violent by Design 
in a eight-man hardcore war match? Tommy Dreamer, 11 years previously, having his big ECW goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> 2021, he's having a hardcore justice. <laughs> he's, he's been saying, you know what? He's been saying goodbye for what? 11 years? <laughs> he's as bad as Flair. <laughs> oh, God. What a, what a train wreck. Really, what a train wreck. It's, do, do you know what? It's just, uh, it's such a hard pay per view to sum up because if you take each match individually, it's not terrible. There's nothing here you go, oh my God, that was a dreadful match. Uh, it's a mixture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a mixture I, of. I mean, the, it's a mixture of very underwhelming matches. Yeah, okay. Uh, weirdly placed matches, matches with very odd segments and endings. Uh, an overall vibe that, like we say, the uncanny valley that everything says ECW. But this doesn't look like ECW. Just it's if you if you break this down match by match, it's not the worst pay per view ever. If you look at it as a whole, man, it's one of the worst pay per views ever. And remember, it's important to remember this, Martin. This is what you asked for. I did this. You did this. I deserve this. <laughs> this is why when you say things like ECW needs to have its own show. It does yeah. ECW doesn't. for several years did have its own show and then it died. For some <laughs> reason. And sometimes that's okay. And that's fine. People <laughs> die, promotions die, things die. Like you nobody would drink half a bottle of whiskey and recommend that we dig up Balls Mahoney and throw him back in the ring. <laughs> see, just, I'm, yeah, move on. See, I was sad about Balls Mahoney. He was like, I am. I really liked him. So but I think he'd like that. I think he'd like a, a bit of a bit of slagging about his corpse. That's fair. And it looks like the the domain hardcorejustice.com is for sale. And I might just buy it. And redirect it to our show. You need to buy it before some like really aggressive porn. Porn. Here's, doesn't yeah. it sound, sound like? Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about TNA pay per views, right? The, okay, so I'm gonna read some of the names because we're 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 not on the we're not on the the radio, so we can we can say stuff like this. Uh, hardcore justice, no surrender, final resolution. That, that's a bit Nazi. <laughs> 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 that's Be- bound for glory. Sacrifice. Lockdown. Against all odds. <laughs> Destination X. These all sound like Destination X. Fully sounds like a porno. But so does uh, Hard Justice. Hard to just and hardcore justice. <laughs> definitely sounds like a porno. The final solution. <laughs> Just no, the said, final resolution. Oh, the final, final yeah, solution. but it's very close to the final solution. It's, it's, uh, yeah. There's you got big bang and Nazi off that. What about Victory Road? <laughs> Victory Road. If Victory Road preceded the final solution, yeah, big bang and Nazi. Oh if Victory the- Road is is elsewhere, it's it's fine. 
so here's the funny thing, right? So T- TNA was based in Nashville, so I had like a big uh, kind of, you know, conservative lean and that kind of stuff. And it's funny that like all the pay per views sound like porn. Well, I mean, like let's say you have a. Uh... The opening match of the final solution and his brother, <laughs> brother Devon, in his confederate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they let him walk out like that. Although I'll tell you what, yeah, and, and like it's like your your tag team partner's black. What are you? He's like, <laughs> I just like it. Okay, I don't even think. Yeah. I don't even think he's from the south. I think he's from New York. Exactly. It's like. <laughs> If me exactly. and Goldberg were a tag team, it's like I'm just going to wear my swastika do rag. You're, you're, you're all right with that. You're all right with that, Goldberg. <laughs> you cool? cool? I just like the way it looks. You know, <laughs> you're not even German. <laughs> no, you're not even German, dude. Um, but, <laughs> but oh my god. It's like, no, for me, me and Seamus are the tag team. I say, Seamus, I'm just going to wear me black and tans do rag. Like, <laughs> you cool with that? Just me and me. I'm just going to wear me RUC knee pads. Like, <laughs> like, you know, me, me, me just, parachute regiment trunks. Like, is everything... I just think it's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. But I'll tell you what, though. Or one stuff. thing, if we're talking about TNA being ECW, one thing they've actually got accurate is the names. Now, I don't, I've probably told this story before, but this is a genuine story. So I went uh, like back in the day because I'm an old man, uh, was hunting for wrestling tapes. And I mean tapes, VHS, not DVD. So basically, our uh, logo, kids. If you're wondering what that is, that's a videotape. That's a VHS that's tape. A, that's a VHS. It's a, a big black box that plays wrestling. Images. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back in the day, you know, like tapes were a big thing. You go looking for tapes. Anyway, I found um, an ECW tape one time at Jonesboro. Jonesboro oh my God. is a big illegal market. I know where this is going. Go on. Yeah, so I have told it before, have I? You have told it before. Go right. tell it again. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Jonesboro is a big illegal market in South Armagh and I bought this ECW tape called the Big Ass Extreme Bash. <laughs> big Ass Extreme Bash, right? And it was a compilation video of all the most extreme matches that ecw had had right mm. and uh yeah got it and it was fantastic it genuinely had some great matches on it. like whenever i think of ecw that's what i think of um but me mother we we had a, a video shop in the town in cross mcglen and me mother um <laughs> took took the video out of the video player didn't check what it was, and she bust, just put it back in the video rental box and dropped it into the, returned it to the, thinking it was whatever video we had rented at the weekend. I don't know. It was the 90s, Dances with Wolves or something, <laughs> whatever whatever it was. And then I was like, where's me ECW? Where's me ECW VHS con, blah, blah, blah. So I had to go into the video store in Cross McGlen, a very small town of about 1,100 people that I live beside, where everyone knows each other. 
and ask for my tape back. And they were like, oh, yes, we got your tape. Oh, my God. What? Oh, (laughs) oh, thanks very much. And your woman who was working behind the counter took it out of the box and the sneer she gave me and handed the tape back to me. And I looked down at it and it was only then that I realized that (laughs) the big ass, the big ass extreme bash is too long of a name to put on a VHS cassette. So what the VHS cassette says is big ass extreme and then an 18 logo. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, this, this is a wrestling tape. I'm sure I was like, this is a wrestling tape. This is actually, actually, I'm behind the counter. They had a TV with a VCR. And I was like, put, put this on now. Like, put it on. Put it in. It's a wrestling I'm not putting that on. Put it. It's a goddamn wrestling tape. Put it on. <laughs> and I never rented another VHS again. <laughs> just, I just sat at home until Netflix was invented. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Sorry, to any listeners, if that's the second time you've had to sit through that. But I'm still not over it. I'll probably bring it up again at some stage. <laughs> and if you were that woman working behind the counter. Now you know the story. Yeah, and if you were that woman working behind the counter, fuck you. (laughs) Put the tape on. (laughs) Maybe she got educated after that and started watching. (laughs) Maybe she went home and... What year was it? Like 2000 and... Maybe maybe she had put it on and she's like, big ass extreme. Nobody's around. They'll stick it on. Yeah, maybe. Oh my God. What these young people think is sexy is deranged. (laughs) (laughs) Those men are bleeding on each other. What's going on? (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. So Martin, my question would be, would you want to watch this again? Or would you recommend this to to your your friends or your enemies? I would definitely recommend it to my enemies. (laughs) I would recommend they watch it the opposite of you, I'd recommend they watch it in half speed. Six <laughs> hours. <laughs> Make the pain go on longer. Six hours with this sound on. So you have to listen to AJ Styles say he hit him not three, but ten times. Uh, yeah. Definitely recommend it to my enemies. I would make car bombs of this. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Strategically plant them around Britain and they will go off. But instead of exploding, it was just a huge screen would pop up and everyone would have to watch Hardcore Justice 2010. (laughs) And do you think? We'd have a United Ireland by the end of the week. And do you think that Tommy Dreamer should have been happy saying goodbye after this? I think, um, like I said at the start, I understand Tommy Dreamer's motivations. So okay. there, there's such thing as a noble, a noble failure, right? A noble but, failure. <laughs> but what WCW? But but sorry, what WWE did to EC, like the WWE ECW thing was horrendous. Like, but, uh, but do you think it was better than this, though? I mean, 
it was longer. <laughs> I mean, we watched grown men bleed on each other for no real reason. We watched grown men go over and like give a hug to these little children and then proceed to bash each other's heads in and then hug afterwards. Scarring the children. All, all, in, all in reference to <laughs> something WWF. that happened on the WWF show, which I they mean, were apparently upset about. Look, like I, I get Tommy Dreamer's motivations. I get that he wanted to give ECW a, a final send-off. But look, if there is something I really cared about, really loved, and I thought its memory had been tarnished or misrepresented by somebody else, and I wanted to give it its own goodbye, even if it was an unofficial goodbye, what I would do is I'd say, here's this thing I love, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to plan it out, and even if we can't get the rights, even if we can't get the names, even if we can't get all the people, I'm going to take the time, I'm going to call in every favour, I'm going to, you know, pull every string, I'm going to get everyone I can involved in this, and we are going to give this thing I love the send-off and the tribute it deserves. I would not go, and I'm going to do it on Tuesday. Yeah. In in Florida. And it's going to happen in four days. (laughs) Like I say, the motivation was fine. The execution was not only terrible and dreadful. The execution was like masochistic. It was Cebu beating himself. Yeah. Well, yeah. He got and it's say, not a he got to say goodbye. Yeah. In the worst way possible. <laughs> it's like I wanna say it's like if you're dying, you're like, I want to say goodbye. Just send me back, God. Send me back <laughs> for five seconds. I just want to say goodbye to all my family and friends. And then God sends you back for five seconds and you open your eyes and you're surrounded by all your family and friends and you just shit yourself. <laughs> and say up the Confederacy and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like bury me with my do rag. It's like uh, the final solution. <laughs> Just like you got, you were given a chance and you fucked it up. If anyone knows why Bubba Ray was wearing a Confederate do rag, please let us know because yeah. we please don't know. Because <laughs> we don't why, know. Why Bubba Ray from New York? <laughs> 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 Is very much in the north. <laughs> Some would say he was wearing a do rag with his with his black tag team partner. <laughs> Some would say they were on complete opposite sides of the the Civil War, um, <laughs> New York and, and the Confederacy. But it's Brother Devon and Brother Ray versus Goldberg and Heidenreich. <laughs> <laughs> in a who has the more confusing tag team partner match. <laughs> Now, who will betray who first match? <laughs> Questionable political beliefs match. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. It was just... And, and the worst thing is that <clears throat> it was all 
it was all weirdness and low points. So we've got all these really weird things <laughs> we can pick out, pick out. And then between all the really weird things, we're just very average, very yeah. two and a half stars. You know, could have been happening on any indie show anywhere in the country at any time matches. But you know um, what? They got to say goodbye. Uh, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes, even if you don't say get to say goodbye, isn't it better to just die <laughs> and leave people <laughs> with good memories? That's like, it. Yeah. It's it's like know? look at Ric Flair, right? If Ric Flair had retired with Shawn Michaels, oh my god, amazing! If Shawn, or 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 even more recent, if Shawn Michaels had a stayed retired instead of going to Saudi Arabia and blowing his knees out, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> while, while Kane dropped his wig and Triple H <laughs> forgot how to do an Irish whip, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you don't need to come back. It's like. You had your moment, and particularly with Flair, it's like, lad, you were on top for 30 years. Like, let it go. It's time to, you know, like, you were big in, like, the 80s and the 90s. And, like, you don't need to be wrestling in 2020. No, nobody wants to see that. Look, ECW, for what it was, as you said, I think you said this, you know, very succinctly at the start. ECW watching it is like The Undertaker. The memories and the video packages are going to be so much better. Yeah. Than watching it. No, yeah. You know, Definitely. And, and, and what makes it worse is when they did do the video packages for this, you know, the best part of it was before the show even started. I would say all they should have done is just played that little intro package and then just ended the show. There you go. Well, Everyone would have done. Happy what I would have done is had hard justice and this amazing card that they had for hard justice, like this awesome looking card that they had for hard justice. And then the next week on Impact, I would have taken the last four matches of this abomination and just called it like TNA Extreme Impact, blah, blah, blah. That's like, pretty good. That's actually and that would have been great. People would have tuned in for that. and Everyone would have had a good time. They could have brought Dixie in, had some beers. You know. But yeah. I think this just wasted everybody's time. <laughs> just, I don't know, it's man. Like, I, I just like... The other thing is, the the Dudley's Axel Rotten and Cajones match was a a South Philadelphia street fight. Yes. Why? Why not? Because that's where Why the because that's where the ECW arena was. But it's Philadelphia, like yeah, but a, it was a Philadelphia a, street fight. Why does it have to be south? Because that's where the arena was. Is Philadelphia split into? No, like, I, I don't. I think that's just because specifically it was on the south part of the city. But is that like a like so? Like I'm from Armagh, mm. and Armagh and South Armagh are very different things. South Armagh is very rural, you know, um, like it's it's got its whole own identity. So if, if you had a South Armagh street fight, that would make sense. But is South Philadelphia different from North Philadelphia? I think it might be rougher. I'm not too sure. I mean, 
Hello, guys, let us know if you're in the know about the geography of Philadelphia. Please let me yeah. know because we'd appreciate that. But any, I'm assuming any Philly, any Philly fans out there. Actually, you know who would know? know? You know who would actually know? Dave would know. Dave is Dave the, would 100% know. Is the Dave is the is the bottom half of a Philly cheesesteak rougher than the top half? Here's what we're going to do, folks, right? We're going to ask Dave because he's not here and we can't speak for him. Um, we're going to actually get his thoughts and opinions on that question and we will report back next week because we, th- these are questions that two Irish lads do not know. Just don't uh, feel qualified to. to no, to we just don't, no, we don't feel qualified to, to talk about it. We'll talk about other things. Maybe, and maybe but, Dave, while, while we're bringing Dave in to sort of uh, like answer all our problems, maybe he can finally like give us the lowdown on what Mick Foley's kink about being a <laughs> get, special guest referee is. Think he goes, <laughs> take us back to the wife at night and six on referees <laughs> top and say, like, uh, we're getting down to business tonight. <laughs> they just puts the shirt on her or he wears it? No, he wears it and he's like, I'm going to call this right down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just wearing a JR hat. <laughs> back on, you bastard! <laughs> Have you got no hole? I mean, you know what, right? I miss, I miss Jr. Colin wrestling like that, where you just go on hinge. Oh, yeah, it was just the best, and it's so like, so (laughs) So still on. They've taken him off Dynamite, like he's only on Rampage now, and even when there's pay per views, they only bring him out for like one or two matches, and. Like, on the one hand, it kind of makes me sad because genuinely, for me, JR is the voice of wrestling. He is, he's, yeah. But at some stage, you have to accept that, yeah, he's not He's not quite He's not quite himself anymore. No. You know? And he's, no, he's not anywhere near King. He's not anywhere near... What's her? What's her? Uh, yeah, he's not anywhere. He's not even remotely on the Mark, Mark Madden grunt scale. Um, but now, nowadays, whenever he does like a like a real animated thing, it's like, is everybody like, "Back out! Have you got no heart? Have you got no soul? You bastard!" It's <laughs> like a "Back out! Energy! What a lovely lady!" <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, all right, JR. Like, she is a very lovely lady, but you don't need to say that. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, you know, you know I, I there's one thing missing on the show actually tonight. But they saw with the exception of the gangsters, uh, questionable segment, I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. We didn't get any <laughs> any Mark Madden moments. We Was didn't Mark get any Madden King moments. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, no, he really? wasn't. We didn't get any King moments who actually showed up in ECW. So yeah, well, you'd have to have a women's match for there to be. <laughs> That's true. There was no. Uh... It wasn't a single women's match on the, on the whole thing. No, the only, the only women in the whole show were Tommy Dreamer's wife and children. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. bludgeoned in front of. <laughs> no, no. There was the there was the the best segment of the night. Oh where yes, Francine was feeding the baby. And then the other, and then the baby was also was also there. Yeah, and, and then, then the then, other awkward rape, not was, rape segment. 
there was Madison Rain and there was Angelina Love talking about promotions that they probably didn't even watch. <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, I definitely loved PCW. <laughs> PCW was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that Sagu. Sagu <laughs> was phenomenal. <laughs> no, <laughs> but he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't the patch on the owl. Cactus Crack. I loved Cactus Crack. <laughs> oh man, PJ Palaco. So, he should, he should come back. He should be on Impact. He should be on AEW. Yeah, as PJ Palaco. <laughs> like, fuck just incredible. But genuinely, some of the ones that they were talking to, like, it looked like they'd never heard of the fuck. No, <laughs> they'd didn't. never heard of him before. No, Kazarian was sitting there and he was speed reading like a champion. I mean, hire him for any movies if you have, because. But he he's the weirdest one because he should have known. He, like, <laughs> he was around at the time. And, like, oh, I man. This is the most bizarre. The, like, like we say. None of the matches are great. None of them. None of the matches are so bad that it's terrible. But none of the matches are worth watching. But mm. absolutely every single segment between matches. If you're into the Twilight Zone, that's the best. It's gold. Definitely. I mean, if you definitely. None. None of the matches are are worth watching. With the exception of the two way dance. That's that's actually pretty good. Um, and and uh, and I would say if you're into. If you're an ECW fan, the RVD Sabu match, nah, like fair. I say, has a, a very weird, uncanny valley thing that you might love or hate, but you'd be interested in either. Yeah, way. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. But definitely watching the in between bits where it's this David Lynchian bizarro, or it's like you know Counter Earth from the comics, where it's like. Everything's kind of just weird, and that's what it feels like. You've just kind of like stepped into where you're like, "What is this?" What? <laughs> like, yeah, as you said, it feels like they've literally walked into Francine's kitchen, and she's like, "All right, I'll put the tea on," and then they start filming her. <laughs> it's like, what? okay, okay, I guess we're doing this. It's um, like that. It's like that meme where um, time travelers trying to find try to find out what world they're in or what year they're in. So. The meme is the same four panels, but you you put your own obviously like any meme you put your own story on it. But it's like uh, so they'll land somewhere and they'll go, "Hey, who's president?" And the guy will shout back, "Arnold Schwarzenegger." And the other guy will go, "Oh, we're in the wrong world." Mm. It's like that if the time travelers landed in Philadelphia and they were like, "Hey, who runs ECW?" Dixie Carter. It's like, let's get out of here. <laughs> We're in the wrong timeline. Let's get out of here. Why, why can't I see Universal Studios out the window? <laughs> I love that. I love that whole Universal Studios thing. Like, I wonder, did they pretend that this is part of the part of the experience? Oh, you've been to Universal Studios? Yeah, do you know, uh, the final ride is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the final solution pay-per-view it's happening right now <laughs> get on this bus and we'll yeah. take you there and you're like oh, oh you like God. roller coasters you should get on this bus <laughs> we'll take you the... on a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions we should actually do uh like do like a 
so you can go on the FBI's website and you can search for missing people. And we should check. There's like like fifteen hundred people missing around. <laughs> <laughs> do they go to these ECW shows, these these impact shows, and they're never seen again? No, here's the thing. I can I can vouch that there's one lad that went to all of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he kept coming back. So he he would watch the show and then leave and then come back, and he just do that all the time. I don't think he had a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like you were saying, they were free to go to. So exactly. I mean, what else are you going to do in Florida? I mean, you can do anything else. Literally, there's so much to do in Orlando, Florida. But that's what he did. So, <laughs> oh man, Im- impact! And you know what? I've got a glad this this was like this was your first exposure to it, and probably a lot of people listening who maybe have never been exposed to TNA but heard me talk about it. I, I, I don't I, think I, this is a fair. No, I, I hope now when I say something, or I get like Vietnam flashbacks for something on, on AEW. You now understand why. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a fair representation. <laughs> Of TNA, <laughs> yeah. you know what? I'm not saying TNA was great, but this this seems harsh. You know what though? This isn't the worst thing TNA have ever done. I know, but if someone had said to you, "Like, uh, I'm thinking about getting into TNA," like, what would you recommend as a pay per view? That oh, like, not this <laughs> encom- encompasses TNA. <laughs> not <laughs> this. <laughs> Definitely not this. It's like um, when you were talking about earlier, like. Uh, Oh, if you're trying to get someone into ECW, the best thing would be to show them one night stand. And I'm like, yes, but also it would be very dishonest because but the rest what? of it is not like that. But you, know, you know what's funny though? So, spoilers. Lessons were not learned with this. <laughs> so they decided. They, they so never are. No. So TNA learned right. Maybe giving over our entire show to a brand we didn't create and being so far away from what we did create is bad for us. A couple of years later, they'd bring in Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff, who would complete the process of completely destroying TNA wrestling by making it literally WCW. So that's when the wheels completely fell off and they were just pushing it across and it probably would have to kidnap people from universal to be like come on you know what like candy to be like come on we need people here badly there's <laughs> <laughs> just a line of candy to be like come on you know you know there's Kids, a hogwarts there's a like hogwarts wrestling <laughs> you know, in the van there's like the hogwarts express in in uh universal now <laughs> they just like have like an impact express <laughs> it's just a yeah. sad it's just a sad broken down bus you just you send listen, people getting the Hogwarts Express and you send Abyss out to like hijack it and <laughs> drive them around the corner. Yeah, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, I'm not I, I'm waiting for the moment where we're watching something and you're like, Oh, I really wish to get the WCW lads to go and do a WCW show and Oh like, yeah, ah, that's ah. yeah. You think I haven't learned my lessons. Like, exactly. oh, God man. Like the the prime eras of, of of WWF and WCW, if only we could have like a, a wrestling promotion that was run by Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. That is... <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> oh, that's what I want to see. And I'll just be waiting to be like, well, Martin, here we go. <laughs> now I've, I've learned my lesson. Well, that's... Uh, folks, I hope you all have learned your lesson. That sometimes it's okay, it's okay to say goodbye. Um, it's like the song, you know, so long. Farewell, 
Peter saying goodbye, you know, from Sound Music. That's or like, prob- uh, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> <laughs> So, folks, uh, next week, actually, we're going to have a guest on soon, which is pretty. We're going to have two guests on, actually. Um, not going to reveal who it is yet, but I think. Punk. It's punk. It's for punk. everyone For everyone listening. It's punk. Tell your friends, tell your families, listen in, get subscribed to the Patreon. It's it's punk. Martin is going to fight punk in audio form. You won't be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, pure you audio. Have, you just have to hear it. And it, it definitely will not be pre-recordings of punk audio by me <laughs> followed by me going yeah <laughs> <laughs> Charles Montgomery punk <laughs> cookie monster punk take this <laughs> um so yeah uh and then after well either so we're taking next week off but we're going to be either having our guests on or we're going to go back to our timeline so I think we have one more cyber sunday pay-per-view left yeah so whatever i demand different guests different we can do whatever but we have to finish the we have to finish the story we do we started this taboo tuesday thing and we've been right through it so we need to we've only one more to go and we need to finish the finish the arc absolutely and then i don't know what the arc after that is i think We'll have a think about it's gonna it. It's going to be the Mick Foley guest referee. We're all, we've already done that. I mean, anywhere done. we end up, he just shows up. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like Forrest Gump. He just shows up at all these events. We'd be like, we'd be like, all right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna break the cycle. We're gonna do the Memphis Mid South Wrestling 1966 to 1967 arc. The next, <laughs> and the next thing we watch is we go, Miss Foley's baby boy would like to be a special guest referee. What's going on? This is a toddler walks out. <laughs> it's <laughs> referee shirt, <laughs> which wouldn't even make sense. <laughs> oh man! All right, folks. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this extended edition of the show. Again, we had to cover most of it after the watershed because of the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> of the jokes. <laughs> but uh, actually, Martin, before we go, were there any Bookley on the show for you? Oh, oh, there's a good one. Any Berkeley? I mean, yes. Uh, PJ. <laughs> oh, PJ Polacco. Oh. Full on. Oh, the best. Full on Berkeley. But he won a title. Uh, he was the he was the ECW champion. Yeah, but that doesn't count. As just incredible, wasn't he? That's <laughs> okay. Actually, oh. uh, a Berkeley. That's a Berkeley. I love. Uh, Brother Runt, Spike Dudley. Oh, here, actually, hold on. Before we move away from PJ Palaco, he was in a stable with X Pac. Oh, um, X Factor. X Factor, yeah. With, with you know Albert. I'm talking about that X Factor. Oh, and then they had like the Uncle Cracker song. <laughs> <laughs> what were they thinking? I remember that. Oh, man, that was worse. They should have went back to make some noise. Sex fuck <laughs> makes you know what? It's like have you, have you heard that? Um, oh my god, I have a brainstorm green I, needle. Have you heard that one? I have, I have actually. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. that. I, I have another tier for the Patreon, the PJ Palaco tier. Oh, four hundred euro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be, but that's just, what the new just tier. A, 
just incredible tier, four euro. PJ Philando <laughs> tier, 400 euro. 500 euro if you want the That's Palaco bonus. <laughs> P- you know, PJ Palaco is the real star. Just, who, just incredible who? Justin who? Just. <laughs> um, oh man, that's yeah. who I want to interview. <laughs> if anyone knows PJ Palaco, we want them on the show. But definitely, if we're going to have a... Yeah, looking at the whole show, if I was going to have a Berkeley, PJ Palacco, or Blue Tilly. <laughs> Who actually is not the Blue Meanie, and I thought he was. There you go. Uh, honest to God, for about 90 seconds in the middle of this show, folks, I genuinely thought me and Dara were doing a bit where we were like pretending we didn't know that the blue Tilly wasn't the blue meanie. What can I say? They got me. They got me. And Dara. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna gonna join you with that. PJ Palaco and uh, the blue Tilly get uh, blue Bukili status for life, um, but not just incredible though. Just incredible doesn't get it. No, no, PJ no. Palacco. Not just incredible. No. And remember at all times that like things can always be worse. So even if you're watching this pay-per-view thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. Things can always be worse because if if fate had been different, instead of watching this, you would have been watching Kurt Angle and AJ Styles in a retirement match, the Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money in a two out of three falls world tag match and Rob Van Dam versus Abyss in a ladder match. So... Praise be that you were spared. You know, one of the best matches I've ever seen in person was AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle in a 60-minute match. Oh, I, I amazing. It was no amazing. Doubt. It was I actually no incredible. Doubt. Zero doubt that that would have been unbelievable. It was the first time TNA came to Dublin and it was in the National Stadium and it was just, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. 60 minutes. I, what, what, two of the best wrestlers ever? Ever. Like, yeah. Obviously, it was brilliant. So, yeah. instead of that, folks. <laughs> Stevie Richards versus PJ Palacco. That's, that's what, what we you, got. That's what you got. That's what, that's what you got. got on the bus at Universal Studios for. <laughs> you know what I feel sorry for? I feel sorry for, like, the parents that the kids were, like, dragged them to it. And they're like, oh, my God, what's this? And it wasn't even like a good like impact show where at least you get something. It was just people bleeding on each other for no reason and then hugging each other later. Yeah, and they weren't even bleeding on each other till halfway through the extreme show. <laughs> I'm so extreme with fake lightsabers. <laughs> Talk about extreme for ten years. You see, oh no, for ten years the Philadelphia promotion <laughs> was the definition of extreme. Men lived and died in the ring, and now here's. Here's Tony Luke to do a dance in the middle of the ring. Oh, well, look, it's done. We did it. It's in the books. Next week, um, again, we're taking the week off and then we're going to be back on our arc, our Orbit guests. We'll let you know on social media. But uh, again, if this is your first time checking out the show, thank you so much. Go over to wrestlingrewind.com. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Give us an X-Pac Euro. Join the PJ Palaco, uh, PJ Palaco tier, um, which I don't know what will get you, but it'll get you something. and uh, <laughs> Get you exactly what you deserve. Exactly. And PJ Palaco, you'll get the joy of PJ Palaco in your life. Uh, <laughs> give, us a, 
Give us a Tommy Dreamer dollar. Tommy Dreamer dollar. <laughs> or as we call them here, crying Tommies. The crying, uh, yeah. Throw throw us a crying Tommy. A crying Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, we'll be back here on uh, Phoenix 92.5 FM and the True Penny Channel. Martin, is there anything one plug before we get out here? I've literally nothing left to say about any subject on anything. <laughs> He's just sorry that drunken him <laughs> said said just, that he wished for it. I'm considering becoming a pioneer. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you know when you have the you know when you hear about alcoholics going like and that was the moment I knew <laughs> I, needed, I needed to quit drinking. I woke up beside the <laughs> You know, I woke up in a in a sewage tank. You know, <laughs> the only company I had was the slowly floating, downward facing body of my ex wife. That was when I knew I needed to quit drinking. This might be, this might this be my sewage you. tank. This is it for you. <laughs> when I woke up and I saw Tommy Dreamer crying, that was. <laughs> And then, and then the announcer come up, come out and said, "Up next, Stevie Richards versus PJ Polacco." And that was when I knew I hit rock bottom. <laughs> when I saw Blue Teddy, I Blue knew Teddy. I had to change things. PJ <laughs> Polacco, I decided to give up the drink. And then when PJ Polacco come out, I decided to give up the smack as well. <laughs> well, folks, on that note, we will talk to you next time on the resting rewind bye guys thank you for listening to a nerd to know media production 